Hello, everybody, and welcome to the We Love Horror podcast, a podcast where we talk about anything and everything horror-related. I'm Michael. And I'm Roman, and we are your hosts. So, I guess before we get the ball rolling with the first episode, I guess talk about uh, what got us into this podcast, how we met each other in the first place. So, we actually met at a Halloween party, Mm -hmm. but I knew knew your wife before. I knew Swayze before I met you, Mm -hmm. but we met at... um, one of me and Swayze's co-workers Halloween parties and the funny thing about that is I wasn't actually even so I was on my way there but for some reason I could not find the house so I was like about it to was like, like tucked away in a weird area yeah, yeah it was so know. weird yeah and I was I was honestly about to just turn around and go home oh really? I had well I had called Jen once and she okay. didn't answer so I was like well and I, I think I drove around for at least like 30 minutes trying to find it because it, it took me to like this weird like residential business area Oh, the address okay. was not the address. Like, like she sent me the right address, but that was not where it was at. And I was, like, so confused. And so I was actually not even going to go. But I'm actually glad I did because then I ended up getting... I ended up meeting you and becoming uh-huh. closer with Swayze because I think me and Swayze had talked a little bit here and there before that. But yeah, that's what she told me, yeah. Yeah, but we had never, like, talked, talk, like, had a conversation like we had. So, And then I think when I when we found out that we were both kind of, like, into the whole film thing, I think that's where our oh yeah yeah definitely, definitely so and then now we're doing the podcast together and now we're, so. we're making a podcast awesome. guys yeah. so it's kind of like one of those things where it's like if i wouldn't have gone to the halloween party i probably wouldn't have met you so and i would have never delved into the world of podcasting so this exactly. this is fun this yeah. is a fun experience for me i mean it's different <laughs> so but yeah it's a learning experience for both of us uh-huh. because i think we spent god what the last hour and a half just now trying to just set up the sound oh my gosh <laughs> yeah, we're we're making do with what we have right here. If the audio sounds kind of wonky, please bear with us. By the second episode, we'll we're gonna pick up the slack. It'll yes. be good. We're using one microphone right now. We're literally sharing one microphone because for some reason, Roman and I we have the exact same microphone. So and Macs people... don't like that. They don't like when you have the same mics. So. <laughs> yeah, they oh, they can't man. they can't figure out which one is which so we're just using one for the first episode because we got kind of tired of figuring out trying to figure out how to troubleshoot that whole thing so yeah mm-hmm. um but without further ado i think um besides that i think we could also talk about how uh we got into horror in the first place yeah yeah so if you want to go first yeah sure uh so horror in my case um i'm actually like michael said earlier a filmmaker uh final year of college can't wait to be done oh my gosh but uh, I just love making movies and all kinds of films are, I know, such like a cookie cutter, like cop out yeah. answer, but I, I love yeah. a lot of films, you know, and horror, although not my, my go-to genre, I do enjoy a good horror film. I'm a little picky with my horror films, for sure. There are some that I don't like watching, some that mm-hmm. I do like watching, but yeah, I just, I just love me a good movie. Yeah. I could talk about movies all day. Oh, same. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, I think that's why when I... I brought up the idea of a podcast to you. I think that was why, mostly why I wanted you to be on it because I just feel like you you and I share a mutual love of film mm-hmm. on like another level, like compared to like somebody that's not as much into film but still enjoys movies but doesn't know like the more film aspect of it. I feel yeah. like you and I are more on that side of the spectrum. So it's it's like it's fun. like the behind the scenes stuff. Exactly. Like, oh, yeah. Like the yeah. technicalities and the and the process and, and all that. Yeah. I, I love it all. Exactly. It's good. (laughs) (laughs) So as far as like um, horror movies with me go, I kind of got introduced with horror movies at a very, very young age. Like um, 
my mom used to be really, really, like, anal about not letting me watch anything, like, too scary. But okay. I remember, um, my, my earliest memories of horror, like, being, like, introduced to it was seeing my dad watch stuff on TV. Like, uh, okay. movies on TV that, um, now that I look back, I'm like, okay, I know exactly what movie we were watching at that time. So, <laughs> um, but, uh, I think the very first horror movie my parents ever let me, like, watch all the way through was The Ring. Okay, yeah, for a kid, that'd be creepy. Yeah, well, that yeah, and that movie scared the shit out of me the first time <laughs> I watched it. And then my, par- my parents went a step above that and um, decided to call, the house fo- to call the house phone Okay. after I had watched the, the, <laughs> the, the tape. Okay. They called the house phone, and I answered it, and they're like, seven days. They so did the seven days. You. <laughs> yeah, it scared the shit out of me, because, of course, I was only, God, eight or nine when that movie came out. Mm-hmm. I think I was nine years old when that movie came out. Um, so I was like too young to realize that my parents were just, you know, but, uh, yeah, yeah. And then, um, I remember one night I was home alone, uh, and Jeepers Creepers was on TV Mm -hmm. and oh my God, that movie scared the living shit out of me. (laughs) It scared me so bad. Um, but now it's one of my favorite movies. Mm -hmm. But yeah, and then I think my first um, actual like theater experience with a horror movie, which this movie I'll talk about a little bit later. Um, but everybody that knows me like well enough, like the past like fifteen years or so, knows that this is like such an important movie to me. Like it, I don't know, it touches my heart, and it will always be like one of my favorite horror movies. But I went, and, I went and saw The Grudge in theaters, like the two thousand four one. Okay, okay. With my dad and. Um, I think that's really that movie was really the movie that kicked off my love of horror honestly mm-hmm. that movie was like I'm pretty sure the catalyst of what came after because after that I was just obsessed with horror movies like nobody's business I wanted to go out and buy them um, of course my mom was like well you're not getting anything rated R because at the time uh, my family was like super LDS gotcha. so I was not allowed to watch anything R rated um, like you do PG thirteen <laughs> and nothing more. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, that movie is really what kicked off. Um, was that R rated or was it PG thirteen? No, it was PG thirteen. Oh, wow. Okay. The one, the the one that came out this year, which we're not going to talk too much about because that movie is garbage. <laughs> but the twenty twenty Grudge movie was rated R. Um, uh, yeah. So I think it was the first one. No, no, no. I'm wrong. Uh, the the one that the Grudge three that came out in two thousand nine, I believe, was rated R also. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, but the but the first two, the one that the Grudge and the Grudge Two, uh, they were both PG thirteen. So gotcha. Yeah, yeah. but that's uh, right. yeah, that's really what kicked my love of horror off. I remember just being completely like terrified from like beginning to end because that movie just doesn't really stop. It just it doesn't have like a you know there's like scare after scare after scare. But I loved it. But uh, yeah, that's kind of what really got me into the horror game so nice very nice <laughs> now 16 years later making still, a podcast yep podcast about <laughs> how much i love horror so but yeah and then uh i guess before we get into um what the episode is about i kind of wanted to give a brief shout out to another fellow podcast that i listen to okay um, yeah their name is a podcast on elm street and they talk about they also talk about horror related stuff um but they're really awesome. I've been kind of chit-chatting back and forth with them since I started listening to their podcast. I uh, messaged them on Instagram and was telling them how you and I are starting a podcast soon. And um, 
at that time I was feeling kind of discouraged because we were trying to come up with a name and I feel like, I felt like every name that I was coming up with, somebody already had it. Yeah. This name included, actually, I even told them that I was like, yeah, your name was one of the names that I actually came up with. And they're like, oh, that's hilarious. It's a good name. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so it was just like kind of a difficult couple weeks during that time. I was almost kind of ready to throw in the towel. Honestly, I was like, fuck this. Like, <laughs> I'm, I can't, I can't do this. Like I was already getting so overwhelmed, but, uh, they kind of, uh, messaged me and kind of gave me a lot of good advice. So, uh, let's see what they said. So they asked me if they said, have you or your cast partner ever done podcasts before? This was both of our first and it was really discouraging at first. We've had to scrap three episodes due to bad clipping on the audio and whatnot. There's nothing worse than recording a full episode just to find out in the editing process that you can't use it. But anyways, to my point, if this is your first time doing one, don't get discouraged in the process. A lot of it will be trial and error in the start until you really find a groove. And then they went on to say, you'll find the podcast family and the horror community is super helpful too. I was always afraid to ask other podcasters for advice because I wasn't sure if they'd like, if they'd be like, hmm, the competition wants our help. Not like that at all. With that being said, if you need any help along the way, feel free to message us. We aren't experts by any means, but we've learned a lot over the past few months. So yeah, that's that's very nice of them. That's yeah, really that cool. was just kind of like a really kind gesture to mm-hmm. kind of like go out of your way to, you know, and for the fact that we hadn't even started the podcast yet, it was kind of nice to know that we've got you know others in our corner already, mm-hmm. kind of supporting us. So it's just really nice. I just wanted to give them a really quick shout out because I felt like they needed they deserved a shout out so oh definitely and yeah, their podcast yeah. is really good they've got some they've got some good episodes on right now so yeah so uh, you listeners, guys should check them out yeah definitely check them out they also have instagram their instagram handle is a podcast on elm street so you should be able to find that pretty easily um they're also selling merch too so if you guys are interested in selling uh buying any of their merch they've got some merch online which is pretty dope i actually bought one of their shirts not cool, too long cool. ago so yeah check them out because they're really awesome they're a really great podcast so there we go. With that out of the way, without further ado, let's talk about what the, the main event is about. Yeah, the main event. <laughs> um, so when I, w- when I was coming up with concepts for the podcast, I was kind of thinking, like, what would be a good first episode to do? Um, and I, I figured with, like, the, the decade just ending, I thought, what better way to start the first episode than to talk about our favorite horror movies from the past decade? So, mm-hmm. Yeah just figured that would be that would be a fun first episode and then we can go back you know through the 2000s the 90s the 80s so that's god what is that like a good first six or seven episodes for us to yeah like a good, <laughs> get into 60 70 years of worth of film so that's Gosh, that's yeah. a lot of material yeah. a lot a lot of stuff to go through but mm-hmm. i think i think it'll be fun so yeah um do you want to start off your list first or would you like me to go first uh, hmm. I mean, I'm, I could go first if you want. I'm to. really interested to see what you've got because I yeah uh, okay. It's right. always fun. It's always fun to uh, hear other people's opinions because that's what's so that's what I love about horror. It's like, um, I don't know. It's just so diverse. I guess mm-hmm. like with opinions, with what people like, what they don't like, you know. And what I like isn't necessarily going to be what you like, but True. yeah, you know, that's the fun of it. Like that's. I don't know. I, I like guess that's the fun like of movies in general. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But for me, yeah, I enjoy I enjoy it, so. Okay. All right, cool. Well, all right. Best horror films of the decade from 2010 to 2020. 
Uh, this is a rough 10 film list I have right mm -hmm. here. Nothing in any particular order, but all right, here we go. So the very first uh, film at the top of my list, Insidious. Ooh. Starting off the decade, 2010. That's a good one. Um, yeah, I was in high school when that film first came out. Same. Went into it, watched it, and I guess I should first of all say uh, I love horror films. I'll watch them, but I'm a scaredy cat. I, I definitely <laughs> get freaked out when I watch horror films. Oh, um, oh, so. I know, I know, Roman. <laughs> I, I watched you play Five Nights and Okay, Freddy, that's different, though. Like, the... video I think <laughs> video games are different. And it's just that sense of, like, a movie, you could disconnect with the yeah. fact that, oh, I'm just watching a movie, and then there's a character on screen doing something stupid, like, ah, look at me do this. Like, yeah, whatever, you know, I'm fine. Yeah. I could get creeped out by a scene, but generally I could dis disconnect from that reality and realize I'm just sitting in a, in a sofa watching a movie. Yeah. But a video game, especially with newer games now, like VR and stuff like that, your brain is like, whoa, are you in this? Yeah. Are you the one doing this? Are you in immediate danger? So that's where that's where I draw the line. That actually gets terrifying. <laughs> I this is this is a podcast about everything and all things horror. I would not be the, like the expert for <laughs> horror video games. Yeah. Um, I watch them. I enjoy watching them. I can't play them. Can't play so, them. Yeah. yeah. But Insidious, yeah, that film came out when I was in high school. Uh went to watch it with some friends, and I really didn't know what to expect, but it just yeah, it's a scary movie. There is moments where it relies on, like, jump scares, mm -hmm. stuff like that. But that was the very first time where I could see the director, James Wan, really incorporating, like, the really good horror elements yes, of the yeah. films of the 70s. Like, you could see films like oh, yeah. Friday the 13th or, like, Halloween or, like, these, like, the good uh, devices that these films use not like the the campy tropes but the actual very good like setting up the suspense or setting up exactly. this eeriness and even just with the, the the cinematography that was present in the film i really enjoyed it felt like yeah. almost an homage to those type of movies and yeah oh definitely so yeah. uh, insidious that's that's one of my lists that's I a really good like one that that's a good one um but the first one like the sequels after that they kind of <laughs> they kind of lost their spark see in my opinion, in my opinion. See, I, I actually really enjoy the first three. Okay. Right. I, I actually really enjoy the first three. I think out of all of them, though, I most enjoyed the second one. Oh, really? Okay. And I feel like the second one is, because um, I've talked to people, and I I know people that like it, like myself, and then I know people that aren't as keen on it. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, I really like the I really like the first three. Um, I think they're, I think it's a great, I don't know, I like the way all the stories kind of tie into it each other kind of thing um as far as jump scares go like what you're talking about the jump scare thing i think i i i think the way that james wan sets up his like jump scares like if there is a jump scare it's like an earned jump scare it's not like a, a cheap jump scare that has no like purpose he always has yeah. a purpose when he when he sets up his jump scares or sets up like you know his uh his scary scenes there's mm -hmm. always like a I feel like going along with that, yeah. I feel his jump scares are cheap, but not in the traditional sense that they're yeah. cheap. They're cheap in the sense that he defies the like the setup of a typical horror film mm -hmm. and then throws in the jump scare, which makes it way more effective and it's only cheap because like I hate it. I get really freaked <laughs> out and I'm like, oh yeah. So it usually gets me like that movie this movie's a decades old, so spoiler alert, I guess if you haven't seen it, but I'm gonna say it anyway because yeah. it's been ten years at this point. But there's a scene near the end 
where the mother is like talking to The grandmother, I should say, is talking with yeah. the, the, the father character. I, yeah. I forget the names. The listeners probably going to crucify me for it. But <laughs> I forget the names, but there's like a scene where there's just like a general conversation happening. It's in the middle of the day. This yeah. is a point in the story in which you're lulled into a sense like it's I think I know time. what scene you're getting it's, into. But... It's supposed to be safe. And it's the image of like the demon entity. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's yeah. like a red face that just like appears behind her. God, that, that killed me. That yeah. Was, that was not warranted. That was, oh, that was <laughs> freaked out in theater. Um, but yeah, that's an example where he does like a jump scare, but he defies the, the expectation that like, oh, I am supposed to be scared in the moments in which the film says this is the haunted house moments. This is yes. the scary moments. And yeah. like, no, I want you to not feel like you can be safe or relaxed in this mm-hmm. film. And you see those examples in older films, like in the seventies, okay. you know, like the exorcist, in my opinion, um, First of all, I had a Catholic upbringing, so The Exorcist <laughs> by default was terrifying. Yeah. But now that I'm older, it still is a terrifying film because of how well it executes horror. Oh, definitely, like it, yeah. It doesn't go for scares. It doesn't go for fright. It just, it creates this unrelenting suspense. Like this unnerving tension. This unnerving just tension. All throughout, This yeah. dread where you're like, I, this, this, Fear of the unknown, and that's mm-hmm. what creates like the the horror itself in the film. And yeah, you had the moments where there's crazy stuff in that movie, but overall, there's this set creepiness. I yeah. guess lack of a better oh, word. Yeah. And Insidious does that well too. And oh, that's yeah. why I'm like, this is a really good movie. Well, yeah. and I also like the I also like the concept that um, of the astral projection thing. I don't think I've ever seen a movie that uh, did it as well as James mm-hmm. Wan did it i think the i think the whole that freaks me out the yeah. whole astral projection thing freaks me out oh dude astral projection is already. kind of scary yeah. like i remember after i saw insidious i'm like what's astral projection i want to try this so i actually like got into like the super crazy phase of like learning about astral projection learning about meditation learning about like not only like the spiritual side of like it because you know buddhist monks and all that they as part of like really deep meditation, astral project and whatnot. Yeah. But also just like maybe even the scientific viewpoints of what it can be. Like when you're meditating, you bring down your boy brain waves into different mm-hmm. lengths, like alpha wave, beta, like all this stuff. Yeah. And just looking into that and like when you're lulling yourself into sleep. And in case audience you don't know what astral projecting is, it's essentially um to really simplify it allowing yourself to physically fall asleep but mentally it's like an out-of-body experience yeah Yeah. so it's an out-of-body experience that's caused by meditation or falling asleep like there's reports of like children having astral projecting experience yeah and then you grow out of it as you grow older but essentially it's it's being in a scientific i guess sense Mm -hmm. cognitively awake while your physical body has started to rest yeah you know so if you're thinking oh that kind of sounds like lucid dreaming it's a little bit one. Yeah, the it's same. almost the same it's yeah. a little bit one in the same in that sense but there's topics of people saying oh but this is the difference with that and difference this is the difference with that and it's it's kind of the same thing yeah but i kind of got into that after watching insidious and <laughs> like one of the reports of like saying like oh if you're allowing yourself to meditate so that you could fall asleep but still mentally stay awake you're gonna like hit this 
essentially like purple haze they call it mm-hmm. where it's like i don't know do you ever have it where you like you rub your eyes and you rub your eyes a little bit too hard and then when you stop like there's, oh like, yeah there's the like stars the fuzzies. and there's like, the like fuzzies. yeah so it's kind of like that like you're getting yourself to get to the fuzzies and that's when for lack of a better word like shit gets crazy yeah <laughs> yeah oh yeah and it's really weird it's, it's hard to describe like have you done you have you gotten to that point before i've gotten to that point and that's like the final push before yeah. like, you could technically do it yeah um a scientist would say like oh that's just the mental brain being cognitive during the hypnagog hypnagogic stage of sleep which is like that's like the stage where like you're falling asleep you're falling asleep and then your your thoughts get weird. Yeah. And that's like the weird thoughts right before like boom, you're dreaming. Yeah. So to stay awake for that. But because of that, if you're like cognitive during it, um, you could hear auditory hallucinations, you could see visual hallucinations. Like it's essentially so it's like like dreaming sleep paralysis. Awake. Sleep paralysis. Yeah. That's what you're trying to invoke. Yeah. In order to astral project. And yeah, I got to a point where like Things got really creepy. And I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. So I stopped. <laughs> but it's, yeah, that was all because of Insidious. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So that was a tangent, but hey. Oh, no, you're fine. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't I don't want to, I don't want to uh, spend too much time. Um, per film. Talking about, well, yeah, mm-hmm. essentially, because I, um, I wanted to make sure that what we actually do, like, our full reviews of, like, the movie. We oh, have gotcha, a gotcha. lot to talk about. So, but... I think other than that, I think, yeah, that's a great movie to have on your list. So. Yeah, that's a good one. I like the, I really like that one. So it, it freaked me out too. When yeah. I, <laughs> there were some moments where I was like, oh, I don't like that, you know? It is, yeah. And especially the very end. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> good movie though. If you love horror and you haven't seen it, check out Insidious. Yes, that's a good, that's a great mm-hmm. one to start off the uh, list with. So the first one on my list is kind of, more of like a lesser known movie so if you aren't as big of a fan of horror as me you might not know might not know or have heard about this one but um this one is going to be the taking of deborah logan which came out in 2014 and i have a synopsis um up on imdb and it's an elderly woman battling alzheimer's disease agrees to let a film crew document her condition but what they discover is something far more sinister going on so, okay. Um, so this is more of like a. <laughs> You're probably like that. So this is more of a. Uh, I I don't want to say. I I think it goes along with the found footage genre because it's very handheld first person a lot. So yeah. it's, it's basically like the, but it, it's more of a documentary style. So okay. it, it's uh, it's got a lot of um. It's got a lot of the found footage elements to it but it's more of in like the documentary style that's kind of like how the Blair Witch Project starts right yeah yeah so many interviews at the mm -hmm. beginning in the in the town yep so that's basically that's basically what it is um but there's just there's so many like for me there were so many like unnerving scenes in that movie and we'll get more into it when we cover this movie at a later time but um I liked where I liked the direction that it took because um, I don't want to get into spoilers, obviously, um, but it starts out as if you know like what's going on. It, it uh, without spoiling too much, it almost kind of seems like it's gonna be like a possession movie because yeah. of the way that she starts behaving throughout like the course of the movie. But it's it's not. I mean, I guess you could say it's essentially a possession movie, but it doesn't. 
it doesn't take you in the direction that you think it's going to take you. It takes you in a completely opposite direction. And then by the end of it, you're like, holy shit, what just happened? <laughs> like, uh, there's like a kind of like a crazy scene um, towards the end where they're like in a cave. And that's all I'll say right now, because I feel like if anybody's watched it, they know what I'm talking about. Um, you and I will have to watch it at some point. Okay, when yeah. we, whenever we get to this episode of reviewing this movie at some point. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Like I was not expecting the imagery that I saw in that scene to, mm. yeah. But uh, yeah, that's my that's my first one, is All the right. taking of Deborah Logan. And so. what year did that come out? Uh, 2014. Gotcha, gotcha, okay. So yeah, that was a good year for horror, I feel like. Let me see, that in 2014? I have quite a, I have a few on my list that are from Actually, 2014. Don't, believe it or not. I have no 2014s on my list. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Huh. Yeah, I have, I think I have three or four on my list that are from oh, 2014, wow. so. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was a, that for me, in my opinion, that was a pretty good year for horror, so. I can see the other ones coming up. Yeah. But uh, next on your list, Ryan. All right, so the other one, sticking with the theme of director James Wan is The Conjuring. Ooh, that's which came out 2013. It was one year away from 2014. And to to re- reiterate the points I made earlier of James Wan's style, like his homage to movies in the 70s, like The Conjuring is a love letter to those kind of movies oh, at that definitely. point. Like it's 100%. set in the 70s. It is entirely like Haunted House-esque. It's a really good movie. It and is. it answered a question that I had at a very young age when I was Ooh. in middle school, which was which was that was around the time I wanted to be a filmmaker. I had the thought, is it possible for a film to be rated R purely off the merit of it just being too terrifying? Purely off the merit of no no violence, no gore, no nudity, no none of that. Just like it's too scary. And if you look at IMDB for The Conjuring, for why it's rated R, I believe it is for uh, disturbing images and thematic elements, and that's it. Let me check real quick. On that, that is it. And and hopefully I'm not proven wrong right now, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's it because I remember like when I watched the movie, I was what this movie's rated R just for being really really scary. Anyway. Okay, so no, you are right. Uh, rated R for sequences of disturbing violence and terror. Oh, violence though. Yeah. Well, I guess towards the end it gets pretty. Yeah, but even then, like, it's it's material that could. That could be PG thirteen, right? Yeah, like it's like it's nothing like. <coughs> I got heart. Oh, let's reset. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> yeah, we're gonna cut this out. <coughs> oh, what was I saying? Okay, um, the movie itself is. Ah, oh, shoot! I lost my train of thought because I, I was dying there for a second. Oh god! So yeah, The Conjuring. I really like it. It's very... It's a scary film. It's a scary film that got an R rating just because it's scary. Yeah. I think that's pretty cool. I think that's pretty sweet. The acting was really good. The cinematography is phenomenal. So good, yeah. Like, you don't... You don't really hear a lot of praises for horror films because the cinematography is good. Mm-hmm. But with James Wan films, I feel they are. Like, they, there's that credit deserves to be stated. Oh, definitely. Yeah, there's a... He does. I love. I love his style. He does a lot of, um, which unfortunately, because of his style, is being replicated in That's so true. many horror movies these days. Yeah. But not good horror movies. Like, um, for example, like all the mil- all the films that are in the Conjuring universe and aren't good. 
they literally take that formula that James Wan kind of like went with, and then they just basically cookie cutter copy and paste everything like shot wise mm-hmm. or, um, you know, so it's like, I have, I have a, I have a love hate relationship with his style and not, I don't have a hate relationship with it because of him. I have a hate relationship because of what came after yeah. the conjuring and the conjuring too. Like, um, with all the Annabelle movies, it's all the, all the same, like shots, like, Oh, there's something in the background. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's, you know, but, um, as far as the conjuring goes, I love his style. Like I, and in the same with the insidious movies, I love his style with all those movies as well. Um, like I love the, the long continuous shots, like the, at the oh, opening yeah. of the conjuring when uh-huh. they're all moving into the house. And it's just like that he's going around the house kind mm-hmm. of, showing every all the members of the family doing like different things i always thought that was really cool the way he does that kind of thing so mm-hmm. yeah i could i'd agree with that yeah so all right on to the next one that is a good this? one to have on your list though i really <laughs> like that one so the next one on my list is going to, this is another 2014 movie i told you i have a lot oh, okay cool <laughs> i have quite a few from 2014 but that is the babadook Okay, yeah, that yeah. was that was a big craze when it that, first came out. That this movie is, in my opinion, a masterpiece. Like, I, there's not a whole lot of negative things that I can say about it. Um, I just love it. Uh, it's directed by Jennifer Kent, and it stars uh, Essie Davis as Amelia, the mother, and then Noah Wiseman as Samuel who's her son. And they're both so, so phenomenal in this movie. Um, the one who plays Samuel, oh God, like his acting is so good that you just, you want to, <laughs> there's parts in the movie where you just want to rip his head off because he is so, oh my gosh. Uncalled. Like, bad, like evil? he's No, not evil. Okay. Like he, he, he's just so like, like a little kid, like so obnoxious and so just like unbearable at times where it's like, you really, (laughs) you're just like, you're like right in there with the mom, like towards the end where you're like, Oh, like this kid is aggravating, but that's what makes it good. Mm -hmm. It's like his acting makes you, you know, feel aggravated at times, but then you also like fear for his life at certain points in the movie too, where you're like rooting for him to, you know, Mm -hmm. but, um, as far as like tone goes, direction goes, I love everything about it. Um, it's very, it has some very, very dark tones to it, which mm-hmm. funny thing, when I watched it with my sister, the very first time I ever watched it, I watched it with my younger sister. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we both slept together in the same bed after that movie. Let's just say <laughs> that. And it, and it's, <laughs> the funny thing about it is, is it's not like, I don't know how to explain why it unnerved my me and my sister so much it it's just there's there's some unnerving imagery in there like especially um just with little things like in the background um the book is pretty there's some pretty disturbing imagery in that mm-hmm. uh but yeah um as far as imagery and direction goes like this movie acting wise direction wise cinematography there's a lot of um there's a lot of muted color tones in this movie. Like the characters wear a lot of like grays and um, just dark colors. And I, I, I love that because the whole theme of the movie essentially is depression. The mm-hmm. whole movie is um, 
the underlining themes are basically depression and how to cope with depression and uh, the side effects of not coping with your depression and not talking about it. And that's essentially the, the more, um, I guess, darker themes of it is mm-hmm. just uh, tackling the theme of depression. So yeah and that that's a that's a thing that really hits home with me because I have pretty severe anxiety and depression, but you know it's it's learning to manage it so yeah but uh anyway, it's a very like relatable film, a film that people yes. can connect to, but also in a weird way get inspiration from for a horror film exactly most horror films it's it's the opposite of that right you want to create dread, you want to create this hopelessness in the audience for like entertainment value for the dramatic effect of it. Yeah. The Babadook, it, it does the opposite in that respect. So I, I respect it for that. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting. Uh, I vaguely remember watching it back in 2014. And I, I remember thinking it was a good film, but maybe not quite exactly what I was expecting. Like it wasn't as scary as I was probably expecting. Because I would, yeah. It could be just a, a situation where I really like set the bar high for it because I heard a lot of people like swearing by the film. Like, mm-hmm. gotta watch it. It's the best food, like movie I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> ah, okay, that's that's a pretty high bar to set because I've seen a lot yeah. of movies that I would put up there, but none that I would ever say it's like my favorite film of all time. Um, it's a good movie. Yeah, but not enough to make it to my top ten. But a good okay. film. So. Fair enough. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. That's what. But that's like that. That's the fun thing about it is we all have different opinions. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Back to my main point at the beginning, and it's you know horror is um, divisive. You yeah. know, there's people that are either gonna really love a movie or they're you know really gonna hate it. Yeah. You know, or they're in the middle. They just you know they don't know what <laughs> they don't know whether to love or hate it. But yeah. mm-hmm. regardless, they talk about it, and that's you know that's the thing I love about horror is that it's a genre that's gonna continue to keep people talking whether yeah. you like horror movies or not like people are going to continue to talk about it so yeah, true that is true but, um with that being said yeah that's my uh the second movie on my list is the babadook so all right sweet yeah awesome cool cool all right so the next movie on my list third film you want to take a guess is it another james wan movie mm. okay <laughs> <laughs> um hereditary no, but that is on my list. We're gonna oh, it's on my list, that. too. So. so the third film I have, and again, my list isn't any particular order, but the third one I have written down, uh, It, the 2017 Ooh, film. That's a good one. remake. Uh, part one. Yeah. I have not seen part two yet. Um, but part one, that was just, that was like, I watched that with Swayze. Mm-hmm. We saw it in theaters. It freaked her out. Oh, but yeah. we both really liked it. And the only comparison I could give it was like, it was a good horror film. It was so suspenseful. But there was this sense of like adventure with the kids, yeah. like like a Goonies kind of uh-huh. element, but oh, like yeah. for adults, but yeah, like really horror like, like you're getting like a really strong horror film with the Goonies. It was fun. It was a fun movie. It was a scary film, but it was still a fun ride in a way. It had ride. yeah, and it had a good balance of humor, yeah. and horror. It wasn't. I don't feel like there was too much of either. Mm-hmm. I feel like they the pacing was really good when it came to like moments where the audience could just kind of sit back and kind of laugh. Mm-hmm. And then there were moments where everyone was tense and then it was, you know, so it was kind of like a roller coaster, but a good roller coaster. Yeah, like, exactly. Um, yeah. So I agree with you on that. I also, I also really love the fact that it's set in the eighties. Like yeah, anybody that knows time. me knows how much I love that decade. Like I wasn't, I didn't, I was not born in the eighties. Obviously yeah. mm-hmm. I'm a nineties baby, but mm-hmm. 
if I could choose any decade to like grow up in, it would have been the eighties because mm. oh my gosh, just every I love everything about the eighties. So <laughs> like the fashion, the eighties, great music. <sighs> Yeah, and my parents grew up in the 80s. Like, they were in high school in the 80s, and I'm so yeah, jealous. My parents do, yeah. And my mom always tells me, she's like, yep, the 80s was the decade, like, the decade for, you know, all everything that everything. you can imagine. Everything yeah. pop culture, uh-huh. boom, the 80s. Yep, so that's another real, that's another really big reason why I love it mm-hmm. a lot. It, it didn't make it on my list, which I think is going to shock a lot of people, because I really enjoyed it, but... um I think there were other, um, when I got down to the nitty gritty, because this list, first of all, is like super hard for me to do because, God, I think I have maybe 15, 20 different drafts of different lists that I've compiled. And Mm -hmm. at first I I wanted to do a ranking, but then um, I was like, no, I can't rank these. Like, it's impossible for me to rank these. You know, I know that some people can do it like on the fly, like, you know, but for me it was difficult so I just I just I based my list on movies that like either really got under my skin like the Babadook that movie really got under my skin so that's why it's on my list and I really enjoy it too Um, but I also pick movies that I can watch over and over and over again and never get bored like always have the same reaction every time I guess you could say (laughs) so as far as movies have like a strong replay value exactly as far as enjoyability goes I, I went with movies that I personally have watched quite often in the past decade like multiple times so that's what i base my list off but okay, yeah that's cool. why i think that's why it um isn't on my list because as much as i love it i think it's a masterpiece i really do i'm very very happy with it it's not a movie i can watch all the time mm-hmm. and i don't i don't know why that is but it's not a movie that i like i'm like oh you know what i'm gonna pop this one in there's just you one know. time that's enough yeah that's there's it. just other movies that I'm like I would enjoy watching more okay so okay. as far as that yeah that's I didn't mean to go on that big tangent oh no you're fine I was fine, just explaining fine. why it's not on my list but <laughs> I do also appreciate it and love it so cool cool yeah. but yeah anything else you want to say about it before we move on that was a good movie alright so the next one on my list is do you want to guess what mine is hmm Purge. Nope. Okay. It's hereditary. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. hereditary. Um, I guess we could both talk about it since it's both in our list. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's a good idea. <laughs> um, I, oh my gosh. I don't even know where to begin with this movie because I, I adore this movie so much. Like, I love this movie so much. I love just everything about it. Cinematography, mm-hmm. the story like the pacing the characters like there's just nothing there's there's something about the ending that's a little bit of a letdown to me um (laughs) just because when i watched when i originally watched the trailer i was i was assuming a completely different um outcome than Mm -hmm. what we got but the more i watch it the more i appreciate it because i feel like it's one of those movies that on first watch I was kind of disappointed with the ending, but then the more I watched it, the more I realized that things I didn't notice before were all leading up to the ending. So mm-hmm. it made, to me, all these little things that I didn't notice the first time around made me really appreciate it much more This like the second, the third, that I've seen this movie so many times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, however many times I've seen this movie now. Um, 
I think I think I'm more willing to accept the ending in my opinion um, other people might disagree with me on that but I've learned to appreciate the ending yeah and I know the ending has been like divisive for a lot of people yeah the ending is what I feel most people talk about whether mm-hmm. or not they liked it and I think the consensus on it is a lot of people don't like the ending mm. um, I personally love the ending now like I've learned to really really like it and the final like the the third act holy shit <laughs> holy shit the third act is just insane it like literally goes balls to the wall and it's not so much that the rest of the movie doesn't do that but the thing that I love about Ari Aster is this is his first of all this is his like film debut mm-hmm. like this is his feature film debut so for a director that's just starting out this is a great fucking movie to mm-hmm. start your career out with for sure like I love I love I think the because the thing that draws me most into movies in general, like whether it's a horror movie, an action movie, a comedy, is the cinematography. Yeah. Because I'm a very huge um, fan of like cinematography. Um, and the very first shot of this movie, just I was already like, this movie's going to be a masterpiece. I can tell from the very <laughs> first shot. Um, it's such a cool shot, though. Um, I, I don't want to get too much, like I said, I don't want to get too much into every movie on this list because I do want to get into a more in-depth discussion with you about movies. Specific films. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, amazing performances from every single person in this movie. Every single person in this movie puts on such a good performance. Um, I personally think that, uh, Tony Colletti should have gotten an Oscar for this movie, but that's just me. <laughs> I mean, just a nomination, right? Was she nominated? I think she was. Okay. Um, but I don't think the Academy really... Uh, yeah, horror... I don't think the Academy really treats horror as a... Um, yeah, it's... I don't it's think they lump it in the same concept as other movies. Yeah, like horror films tend to be typically uh, entertainment and really mm-hmm. art when it comes to the Academy. Which kind of almost pisses me off, Same with, like, sense. comedy, you know? Yeah. Like, the last time a horror film won a Best Picture was with Sansa the Lamb. Yeah, yeah. Which, which is a while ago. Which kind of, in a sense, almost kind of pisses me off because not not so much pisses me off, like I don't mean to be so aggressive with it, but mm-hmm. it just, it really irks me because I feel like with movies like Hereditary, like Midsummer, um, The Conjuring, as as well as they get received critically, I don't feel like they're taken seriously in the realm of like other movies that are considered masterpieces, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. No, yeah. There's so, like a what, different league that people usually put them in. Yeah, which kind of bothers me because it's like, just because it's a horror movie doesn't mean it can't be just as good as, you know, a blockbuster movie that, you know, I don't know. But, yeah, no, that's true. And uh, yeah. yeah. Now to get to like the logistics of the Academy Awards, the Oscars, there's so much like, bureaucracy and mm-hmm. like internal yada yada in it it's i mean i love the oscars don't get me wrong yeah. i always watch it every year i always am involved with it i think the films that do get nominated do deserve nominations yeah but i do think there's many opportunities in which there's films that maybe deserve it a bit more get snubbed oh yeah you know, definitely like, and that's uh, it's the way the academy runs i guess but yeah. that like you shouldn't base the the merits of a film whether if it gets a nomination or not you know mm-hmm. so there's some great films out there that may have never been um 
considered for a nomination, not only for the Academy Awards, but just for any sort of just for any kind of media award, but still be really good. You know, exactly. So like the hidden gems. I love finding movies that are like yeah, exactly not as well known. And that's kind of how I feel about the taking of Deborah Logan. That's a movie that's like one yeah, of those movies. I've, that I've, I've never heard of it. Yeah, <laughs> but it was like when I watched it, I was like, this is a hidden gem. I really enjoyed this movie. So, yeah. Nice, but, um, nice. Yeah, that's my, uh, that's the third one on my list is Hereditary. So, all right. I'd say I don't a... know if there's anything else you want to discuss since it's on your list as well. But um, I would say this was one film that did get a lot of hype that when I went in to watch it, very much met my expectations oh yeah this one oh, was like oh, yeah. you say this is a stressful film like you are gonna maintain a high heart rate yeah for many minutes throughout this film and they were not kidding oh my gosh they were not kidding that was a stressful extremely stressful film all around yeah uh i'm i guess i'm an outlier in the camp and saying that at the very end i did like the ending you did it was okay it was bizarre it was out there it was it was just completely like, like demonic, you know. Like oh, I, yeah. the same feeling I got from the end of watching Hereditary was the same ending I got watching The Witch. I love that and movie. I really like The Witch, um, and it's just the same vibe I got. And I think it's just like there's this under rumbling mm-hmm. of the film, the entire film for Hereditary, where something's wrong, something's up, oh, and yeah. you're trying to piece it together. Oh, yeah. So when the ending reveals itself. You finally know what it is, uh-huh. and knowing that the realization just is like a, a horrific revelation. Exactly, is what it is. Yeah. Like, oh my god! And the music, the music oh, is the music so is amazing. good in pushing the drama. Oh my gosh! In scene. Yeah, and that that and goes back to my point about what I was saying. Like, um, the payoff at the end. The more you watch the movie, the more you understand the ending and realize mm-hmm. like how much of a payoff it has. Because, you know, like you were saying, like you realize all the events that have happened you know, lead up to this. And uh-huh. then you realize that it was, you know, spoiler alert for anyone that hasn't seen this movie. I'm not going to get into it too much, but it was planned from the beginning. Everything that transpires throughout the whole movie was meant to lead to that ending. Yeah. So that's why for me, the ending is a lot more satisfying yeah. now that I've watched it on multiple rewatches is, is because all of the events have a payoff for what happens mm-hmm. Yeah. at the end so um but yeah that's a and uh, oh i also want to talk about with hereditary i've never gone into a movie because i've watched a lot of horror movies now so it's like i i've gotten this like kind of sixth sense with being able to predict how movies are gonna go holy shit this was one movie that i was like legitimately like mouth there were some scenes where my mouth was like open like yeah. where i was like did that just seriously happen and I think you know what scene I'm talking about mm-hmm. is yeah. yeah. And I think anyone who's listening knows exactly what scene I'm talking about. And it, it it's usually when the story really starts to yeah, like the balls are rolling at this oh, point. Oh yeah. And usually I hate watching horror movies or just any movies in general when I have when there's like a big theater of people because people tend to be obnoxious or people tend to talk. But this was one of those movies that I went into where during those scenes. <laughs> There were no words. Oh, like yeah. that scene, I think the theater was dead quiet for God. Five minutes after that scene happened, like everyone was just like there was not a peep. The theater was silent. It yeah. was insane. Like But the, it's also like how 
the director plays it out. Oh, yeah. Like, there's a lot of ambiguity as to you trying to figure out what had happened mm-hmm. alongside with the main character. Uh-huh. Like, uh, is this really happening? Did this happen? And, like, forcing the audience to, like, think through it, like, not just giving them the... the Not spoon-feeding Not spoon-feeding them. them. Yeah, like, exactly. The actual uh, events that had transpired, it, that adds to, like, that... Mm-hmm. Mystery. I'm gonna, I'm that mystery, but also just like I'm not gonna talk. Cause like, what's happening? You know, like you're yeah. invested. Like oh, you're yeah. in the film. You're like, oh man, it's 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 a good movie. Oh yeah, good movie. It's definitely um, for people that aren't into slow burn type of movies. Yeah, I don't think this is the movie for you. I mean, it definitely has. There are definitely scenes of like pr- that are pretty intense. You know, like the scene we just talked about, and like the ending is very very like amped up to <laughs> a million. But um. There's a lot of stuff that um, takes place in between all that stuff that's just kind of like very subtle, very mm-hmm. slow, and it, it uh, definitely not for everybody. Yeah. I, I actually lended this movie to one of my coworkers a while back, and she every time she tried to watch it, she'd fall asleep through it. Really? Yeah, she could not. I don't think she could get through an entire... I don't think she could get through the entire uh, movie without falling asleep, which kind of bummed me out a little bit because I... I think she missed a lot of things that could have made the movie more enjoyable for her. Uh-huh. But at the same time, like if it's, you know, if slow burn's not your thing, then this movie I don't think is going to be for you. So true. I'll leave with that note on Which that is movie. a shame. Cause like it's, I mean, I've seen slower films. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, it's a good movie. So it's yeah, a, it's, it's a great, it's slow, but it's not that slow. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, in a, my opinion. it's a great dick directorial debut for Ari Aster. Oh, so. yeah. It's like a home run with that one. Oh, yeah. Like, so... Yeah. That's on... That's the most uh, recent one on my list. So, if you want really? to go okay. into the next one on yours. All right. So, the next one I have uh, goes a year back from Hereditary, and it's Get Out. Ooh. Get okay. Out was the Jordan Peele film, his directorial debut. If you guys know Jordan Peele, he was... Uh, Part of the duo, Key and Peele, so from a comedy background, mm-hmm. first directed film, a horror film, um, and my God, it was a really good movie. That was yeah. a movie that I was, it was more out of a curiosity why I watched mm-hmm. it. Like, can a comedian really make, direct a really good horror film? Yeah. And blew my mind, because it went to a lot of different places with the story that I did not see coming. Yeah. And... The performances were fantastic. It oh, got yeah. a lot of like award nominations because of how good it was. Like, I yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it got Jordan Peele uh, an Academy Award for screenplay. I think so too. Yeah, which was crazy, which yeah. is insane, but very much well deserved. Oh yeah, a well deserved uh, award right there. And yeah, that's a good choice. I'm. That's not on my list. Gotcha. Um, for many reasons. I I kind of feel the way that you felt with the Babadook, the Babadook with this uh, movie. I feel like it was very overhyped. Gotcha. gotcha. Um, I did enjoy it. I, th- I do think it is a good film. I think it's got a lot of um, like aspects that I haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. But then also, um, as far as like... And, and like you said, you, you didn't see what was coming, mm-hmm. you know, for a lot of it. Um, but for me, I've seen, I've seen so many like I've seen so many horror films. So for me, there were some parts that were pretty predictable. Like, gotcha. Um, 
so to me on an enjoyability level it's not a movie i can watch all the time um like maybe a one and done yeah like mm-hmm. one like i pop it in every once in a while and the, you know i i but that's not to say that it's not a good movie like i'm mm-hmm. not trashing it by any like means like at all it's just it's not on my list just because it just i don't know it wasn't a, for me it wasn't as enjoyable of an experience i per, i actually preferred us over get out really i i liked us a lot more i've um, seen i've seen bits and pieces i have to finish that movie yeah but okay i think us <clears throat> is the superior movie in my opinion people might agree, disagree with me on that but uh yeah that's just my opinion so gotcha but uh that is a good one to have on on your list so sweet um did you want to talk anything more about that uh not really not much i mean good movie i enjoyed it yeah it's on my top 10 <laughs> cool so my next one is uh, a movie from 2011, and that is Scream 4. Okay. Was that the last Scream? Th- yes. In the series? Okay. Yeah, that was the last Scream before, unfortunately, Wes Craven passed away. So mm-hmm. that's a, yeah. <laughs> that was, like, really hard for me when, that, when I first heard about that. I was actually at work, and uh, one of my friends messaged me and was like, I'm so sorry to hear about Wes Craven. And I was like, what? And so I looked it up, and I... I, I literally, like, I hate to admit this, but I literally started crying in the middle of work because, only because he has been... He's an influential, influential filmmaker. Oh my God, yeah. Like, he has... When I, was, when I was younger, like, growing up, I was like, my dream is to work on a film with him. Like, really? to, to be, yeah, to be able to be in the same room as Wes Craven and collectively work on a film with him is, like, one of, was one of my dreams. And in that moment, I saw my, that dream shattered. So it was a, it was a little rough for me to, mm. it was a little much for me to handle. And I remember my mom came and picked me up from work, um, and I'm just like crying. And she's like, "What is wrong?" And I'm like, "Wes Craven died." And she's like, "Oh, brother," because oh. and I get it. My mom doesn't. My mom's not a super huge fan of horror movies. She never has been. Um, so I understand why that reaction. But to me, I was kind of like are you kidding me? And I kind of like got into a little argument with my mom on the way home from work. But uh, yeah, that hit me pretty hard. But um, on a more uh, lighter note, let's talk Mm -hmm. about the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, But uh, I, where do I start? I really, I really enjoy this movie. I think for a film that came 11 years after the third one. That's a while. Yeah. Is uh, to come back with such, uh, I guess force it kind of blew the doors off for me like and this was a fun fact about this film this movie was the first scream film that I got to see in theaters mm. so I never got to see the other ones in theaters because I was way too young like back in 96 I was only four when the yeah. first scream came out and then with the other ones I still wasn't old enough to go see those ones either but um, this was the first one that I actually went to the theater and watched and like the experience of seeing it on the big screen oh, was everything to me. <laughs> I loved it. Um, and uh, I just remember being like so enthralled by it, especially, like I said, especially for a film that came out 11 years after the, the last one is it's a pretty good way to end the series. In my opinion, I think there are rumors of a scream five coming out. I don't know if I, I don't know if there should be any more that should be made after this one and I don't think it's necessarily because just because Wes Craven died but because Wes Craven was at the helm of all of them it just like 
I'm on the fence about someone else taking over, like taking over the position of Wes Craven because I don't think anyone could ever do that. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, I, I just love this movie. I really love this movie. I think <laughs> I was so, I've never been excited. I was uh, so excited for this movie when it first came out. Like I was so hyped. And it definitely lived up to my expectations. Like it was very bloody, very gory. I love, I love, I love bloody, gory movies to an extent. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some movies get to be a little too much with the blood and gore, but Excessive. this one, I liked the blood and gore in this one. I liked the characters. Um, I really loved the killer reveals. Actually, um, if I had to rank the killer reveals, this would probably be number two. Okay. With, as far as killer reveals go, and I think my number one would probably have to be the killers in Scream Two. Well, maybe not both of the killers, maybe just one of the killers, because mm. I did not see that coming at all in Scream Two. And for anyone that hasn't seen Scream Two, I won't I won't spoil it in this episode. But uh, yeah, people might be shocked by me saying that because I feel like most people's favorite killers are Billy and Stu from Scream, like the very mm-hmm. the original one. But uh. No. Not really. <laughs> yeah, I like them. I do. Uh, but uh, not my favorite killers. So, But yeah, it had a great story. Uh, I like how the, all the main cast came back to be in it. Like Courtney Cox and David Arquette and Nev Campbell. Like all of them came back for the fourth one, which was great. Because to see them all after 11 years, like to see how the story progresses after 11 years was, was really cool for me. So yeah, and it had some, it had some really good scenes in it. So mm. That is my... Uh, I'll have to check it out. My, yeah. I, you, I can't like, believe you haven't seen it. I've only seen the first two. Oh. So I haven't seen the third or the fourth. We'll have to have a screen marathon, because that was one of the ideas that I wanted to discuss with you, like, based on, you know, movies that have more than one movie after it, mm-hmm. to do, like, a four-part series to scream. And uh-huh. we just kind of sit down and watch all the movies. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Like, the the series of films that have, like, sequels and such. Yeah. That'd be pretty sweet. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, uh, that's my next one on my list, is Scream 4, so... Okay. So uh, the next one on my list, this will be a one that won't be as popular. Mm-hmm. So I might have to ex- explain the story a little bit. Um, but it's not entirely horror. Okay. So this is a weird film. I have um, some on my list that aren't entirely horror either. So I would say this is horror slash comedy slash satire. Okay. Uh, this movie came out 2010. So it was again kind of like Insidious, beginning of the year. Yeah. Uh, I watched it on Netflix back in high school mm-hmm. when it came out uh probably came out before that but it's a movie called rubber oh my god which, uh, <laughs> i really enjoy um it's in the umbrella of horror films yeah, incorporated yeah. It. just because it's such a bizarre film it was filmed in my not only home state but like practically in my own backyard oh, Mojave wow. desert Very in california cool. so that was pretty sweet yeah and it's for those who don't know, the movie Rubber is about a lonesome tire, a rubber tire, that becomes sentient and gains the ability to like just roll around and for some reason develops murderous intent to start killing people in this nearby desert town. Sounds ridiculous. It really is. It but is the, the thing that's but... awesome with it is it knows how ridiculous it is and it just plays with all of those traditional horror tropes. And it's like, let's just use them as a template for our tire. Because <laughs> our main character is this tire. Yeah. And I just think it's the funniest thing. Uh, it's great. <laughs> I've only ever seen that movie one time. And I watched it with my dad. 
and I think we just put it on because we were like we were we were invested in what we were like what the hell is this movie about because we saw the poster uh-huh. and then we're like hmm this is interesting this might be one of those like so bad it's good type of movies and that's exactly what it was <laughs> is it so like it's it, it I am there were scenes where me and my dad my dad and I were just dying like laughing so hard <laughs> and I've never seen something so ridiculous before like um <laughs> it was it was it was very enjoyable it was I think it was this an film in- though it's like it's not that it's so bad you're laughing at it like I feel like even the filmmakers need like let's, let's intentionally like, make yeah let's like make you're it. laughing with them like we're gonna make this tire do this somebody's <laughs> head explodes due to like the psychokinetic power of this tire and you're like what <laughs> You're and like, you're, in what world, what what planet were you on when you wrote this movie? But that's the, yeah. It's so great. Uh, that's, I love that that movie's on your list, though. I felt like I really had to. I'm like, that was, a, that was 2010, yeah. I mean, it left an impact enough for me to remember it way back when. Yeah. And it was just so different. Like, in a way, it's almost artsy. Uh-huh. But yeah. in a good way. Like, I personally don't like artsy films. I feel there's artsy films that are a little pretentious in what they're trying to do. A little... (laughs) Mother. (laughs) I can see that. Cough, cough, mother. There's a lot of people that are like mother. Um, But yeah, I feel in so many ways, Rubber was a satire on like the art house films, was a satire on the horror genre. Yeah. satire. I mean, even just narrative in itself, like just breaking the conventions of what a narrative on film could be. Exactly. So I... I thought it deserved a spot on my top yeah, ten. Yeah, no, so. I I love that that's on your list because really <laughs> that's not that's not a movie I was expecting to be on your list at all. So that like <laughs> took me by surprise. I think my every action was pretty genuine to that. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> so, but no, that is a that is a entertaining movie to watch. Mm-hmm. So I like I said, I've only seen it once, so I remember basic relatively nothing about it. Um, I just remember <laughs> what I do remember is just me and my dad laughing hysterically during points of the movie because it was just how ridiculous it was oh yeah and it always like ups the ante of like how over the top it gets it's (laughs) funny though it's funny it's like just when you think it's just one scene's like so over the top you're like you get to the next scene and it's like oh my god it's like oh this movie is getting a little bit more plausible okay i'm understanding the world of the story it's like no let's here's another (laughs) let's just just throw something let's add another power this tire can do let's add a a romantic interest and i'm not kidding there is there's, there's there a is, female yeah, tire that's what i remember that about gets the heart of our lead protagonist <laughs> tire character and he can't talk it's really just like we're just following this voiceless tire and you kind of just get this impression of like what it's thinking you know yep. and like effing <laughs> the common like not only horror trope but just like tropes you'll see with like people who are like mentally disturbed like like serial killers yeah. or like psychopaths like oh they first start with like animals and then they work up to like bigger <laughs> animals and then they work to people like the tire's first victim <laughs> is a rabbit on the side of the road that yeah. it's just like it's staring at and when i say staring there's no eyes we're just like looking head on to this t- tire who then looks to the rabbit and we're just going back and forth and back <laughs> and then the rabbit just and that's it explodes that's the scene that my dad and i were just dying because we were like what is gonna happen what what is going on and then all of a sudden just boom oh my god yeah it's like it's his first victim we're like oh he's evil but he can use psychokinetic powers but yeah Yeah. we're going on about uh, rubber if you guys want to watch rubber 
Uh, I've watched on Netflix way back in the day, like originally when it came out, 2010. Uh, it's probably somewhere online. Mm-hmm. Hulu, no, somewhere. Yeah, I think you'll this be able movie to find would it. be a blast to do uh, later on to do a full. It's a episode. good like drinking. Oh, like, it's a good movie to drink to and watch with friends. It's just so <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous. So yeah. Ridiculous. Um, yeah, that's that's number six on my top ten. That's a good. That's a good one. So there you um, go. <laughs> my number six is a home invasion film from 2013, and that's your next. Heard of it? Haven't I seen. really, really love this movie. Your like, okay. there is so much to love with this movie. Um, it's like a really fun home invasion film that um, does take itself seriously in certain aspects, but also is kind of um, I feel like more of the humorous type of home invasion movie mm-hmm. like there are some intense scenes but there's also scenes that it's kind of you know funny there's mm-hmm. some funny scenes in there but uh yeah i really i really love this movie i love the concept of it i i did find certain parts of it to be a little predictable like there's a couple of characters in the movie that i was like okay they're in on it like i don't want to spoil anything for people that haven't watched the movie but so i won't say who but uh there are a couple of characters that they made it a little too on the nose, a little obvious to the point where it's like, if you were trying to make it like a twist that audience, it didn't work. At least not for me. Gotcha. Um, There are a couple of characters that just from the get go, you're like, okay, you're a little too suspicious. So maybe Mm -hmm. I am spoiling it for people because as soon as they watch it, if they haven't seen it, they're going to know exactly which characters I'm talking about. But um, as far as like, that goes i feel like that's one of really my only like beefs with it Mm. um i hate the ending though i really don't (laughs) like the ending i really do not like the ending and um but yeah uh other than that there's not much else that's negative about this film i really enjoy it i love the final girl the main girl okay i haven't seen it so bad ass like she's (laughs) such a badass uh so she like she car- she essentially is the one that carries this film, um, and she's great. Okay. She's so good. Uh, I wish there was. I wish if they were to do a sequel, just for the sake of having a sequel, just for her, <laughs> okay. just to just to have her fucking basically annihilate all every every killer that's in the movie, just to watch her do that is entertaining as fuck. So. <laughs> um, as far as enjoyability level, I I enjoy this movie quite a lot and that's exactly why it's on my list so it didn't scare me by any means it's not a scary movie but it was all. an enjoyable movie yeah okay. yeah it's very enjoyable the characters are fun the you know the final girl's fucking badass uh-huh. she's so like she's like Sydney Prescott but like 10 notches <laughs> okay so but uh yeah I that's why that is on my list that's my number six Sweet. you're next all right so. So, oh, you're next as in you're next the movie, but then I'll yeah, say, yeah. Next. Okay, gotcha. All right. Confusion well, there. That's a segue that should have worked better, but that's on me. Okay, one, two, three, four. So the seventh movie on my list. Um, so yeah, this one is a horror, thriller, suspense mm-hmm. kind of movie. I know some people might say like that's not really a horror. I think it's within the umbrella of the horror. realm. Yeah. Um, I really liked it. It's a very like just, very good. I'll, I'll just say it. So this movie, The Purge, twenty thirteen, the original okay. Purge. So there's some people that thought, ah, it's just a, 
okay film. Mm-hmm. You know, simple story. It doesn't, doesn't really shock you. It doesn't really push the boundaries or anything. Unique premise, but that's about it. Yeah. But it was enough for me to really enjoy the performance, this world, how... Like, I felt personally when you're watching the film, you do think about, like, the, the fear a bit of, um, of this idea. Like, you're trying to, like, stay alive in your house when the rest of the world is, like, burning to the ground. Sorry, I apologize for that. Uh, my phone is uh, turned on to vibrate, but I could still hear it going Oh, so it's during your conversation. So, <laughs> yeah, know, continue. Fine, fine. But just in case people who are listening to this are wondering what the hell that sound was, yeah, that was my phone going off. So I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, no, me. you're fine. You're fine. No worries <laughs> but at all. continue. I just okay. wanted to... <laughs> so, yeah, just with that, like, uh, Purge, good movie. Uh, suspenseful. There's definitely scenes where you're like, oh, what's going to happen? Yeah. Um. So, yeah. That's a good that's one. That's the one right there. That's a good one. Um, I'm going to say the same thing as what you said with... Uh, um, what was that one that was on your... I'm trying to remember. Oh, Get Out. Get Out, okay. I prefer... Um, I prefer The Purge 2. I prefer The Purge Anarchy. Um, only that's because... I, there, how many Purge films are there? Are there's like four, right? So there's the purge, there's the purge anarchy, there's the uh, there's election year, and then there's the first purge. But now so they're I've coming seen election out. year. Those are the only two I've seen. Election year and the very yeah, first one. Yeah. Now they're coming out with a fifth one soon, I believe. They're coming out with the show too, aren't they? Oh, the show already came out. I, ha- oh, I actually really? have the first season. Is it yeah. good though? Um, it's it has its flaws, but I mean, as entertainment value goes, I I, I enjoyed it my first watch. So okay. I haven't watched yeah. it again since then, but uh. I mean, I thought it was okay. I I'm I'm down with anything that like has because I when the first pur- when the first movie came out the original purge, I always get confused because when I say the first purge, uh-huh. people think I'm talking about the fourth one. Uh-huh. So I really have to like talk about the original one, not the first purge, because that one was hot garbage. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't even waste my time with watching the fourth one. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the first the the original purge. Um, I was really amped for that because I had never seen a concept like that before. Like with, for, what is it, 12 hours, 12 consecutive hours, all crime mm-hmm. is legal. Like that, that aspect to me is terrifying. Like if that yeah. was to ever happen here, I don't know what I would do. Like <laughs> I've gone into yeah. debates with my friends about like, what would you do if, if the purge was a real thing? I'm like, um, I'd be hiding somewhere. <laughs> I would not be one of those people that's going out to murder other people. Not in my, uh, not in my DNA. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, um, yeah, I, I thought it was a good concept. The only, the only things that I have a problem with with the first one is, I think for the first one it's okay, though, to have it, like, just in the home. Mm-hmm. But what the second one did well for me that the first one didn't do was expand, like, on the, on the idea. Oh, yeah, the world, sure. the universe, like... Because it follows, like, three different, like, storylines. Or maybe it's just... No, it is three different. But then they all converge together Mm -hmm. into one. So it's, like... And then it's more, like, action-packed. Like, there's more um, shit going on, like, in the city. Like, so many obstacles they have to go through. So I prefer... I do prefer the second one over the first one. Okay. But not by any means is the first one bad. Um, I do have my gripes with it. But I do also understand why it's on your list. Mm Because it is a... It is a... It is one of those horror movies that has staked its reputation as being, you know, like a good horror movie. So mm-hmm. and it kind of set the world for like it set the stage for like the Purge franchise, I guess, because exactly. it is a franchise at this point. So oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But that, yeah, that's a good one to have. Um, did you have any other 
thoughts on oh, the it's purge? Gonna, it's going to kill me right now, but I'm trying to remember the lead actor. It wasn't Ethan Hawke, was it? Yeah. It was? Yeah. I thought he did pretty good, too. Yeah, he did. He did pretty good. Ethan Hawke and uh, she's Lena Headey. Is that how you say her name? She's what in Game she of Thrones. Who does she play? I'm sorry, she plays the mom. Either. Okay. So she, yeah, she plays. We'll the have mom. listeners are gonna kill me. Like, you don't watch Game I of know, Thrones? I'm I like, know. Well, I don't I watch it either. After how it ended, from what I heard about that, I don't know if I want to watch See, it. See, and I don't watch it either. So my brother's I'm, like, I'm in the same watch boat. Watch it, and then it's season five. Just stop. That's all you need to see. It's yeah, like, I'm in the same boat. I, the only reason I know that she's on Game of Thrones is because I don't know. I'm I'm like really good at knowing like actor what actresses and actors are in without even watching it. Really? Okay. Yeah. So I knew she That's was in Game of skill. Thrones. Yeah. But um, as far as watching Game of Thrones, I haven't watched any of it. So, mm, mm. sorry, any Game of Thrones fans out there, uh, we apologize on behalf of that show. We yeah. don't. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just never got into it. So, and apologize on the behalf of the writers of the show who I guess dropped the ball last yeah, season. Up the, yeah. <laughs> so there we go. <laughs> but um. But yeah, the yeah. Purge. Cool so, movie. That's a good movie to have. Um. The next one on my list, well, actually, it wasn't next on my list. It was right below Hereditary, but I figured I would uh, <laughs> space it out a little bit. So, um, But if anyone can guess what that is, it's another, it's Ari Aster's second movie, and that would be Midsummer. And I have not seen that movie. Oh, my gosh. I've been recommended it. have not seen it oh yet, my gosh, but okay. I love Hereditary. So. We are watching that movie, and <laughs> we are doing a review on it, because if you think Hereditary is crazy, Midsummer is in a whole other realm of crazy <laughs> okay. for all these different reasons, but... Um, Oh my gosh, uh, I f- love this movie. I love it so much. I I remember when I went and saw it in the theater. Uh, just by the end of it, I was like, <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. I I've never had you know. This is what Hereditary and Midsummer both did to me. I went out of the theater in like a daze, almost, mm-hmm. almost like a almost like a dreamlike kind of like like what did I watch? Days like did I really watch just, that? Yeah, I was completely, like, transfixed from beginning to end, and I don't know how else to better explain it than that. Like, I I went out of this movie feeling some type of way. I wasn't exactly sure how I was feeling. Mm -hmm. I I wasn't sure if I was supposed to feel disturbed or happy. Um, Because the ending, that's what I love about Hereditary and Midsummer. Like, they both have disturbing endings, but somehow, like, the music is, like, light and cheery and almost, like, celebrate celebratory yeah very like way. juxtaposing exactly like what the film represents and that's this makes basi- it more jarring mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's basically how midsummer is it's like the ending is like super disturbing but it's got like this music in the background that's has a tone of almost like celebration mm-hmm. and um i mean i and i guess in a sense in my opinion people people all have different um ideas about the ending of like how they felt i i felt disturbed but i felt more so like happy I don't, and I don't know how to explain it in like the sense of not trying to make myself sound like a psycho because <laughs> yeah. it is a disturbing ending, but like, I kind of, I kind of felt myself like almost smiling while I was watching it, but not okay. because I was like enjoying the disturbing things that I was seeing, but because of the main character who is played by, can I just say first and foremost, um, before I get on to that, what I was just saying, um, while we're on the subject of actresses, Florence Pugh in this movie oh my god so amazing she's she carries this movie like everyone else in the movie is great as well um she's like the centerpiece but she is this yeah she's the driving force kind of like how uh tony coletti is kind of the driving force of hereditary Mm -hmm. they um 
God, she is amazing. She is so good in this movie. And I'm, like, kind of obsessed with her right now. <laughs> like, everything she's doing, I've, I've been, you know, following along with everything she's doing. Um, I heard that she got a Oscar. She's getting an Oscar nomination for Little Women, which is really yeah, cool. I gotta watch that. Yeah, because she worked alongside Meryl Streep. And so for Meryl Streep not to get nominated, but for her to get nominated, that's, that's true. really cool to yeah. me. That, like, really shows me, like, what where her career is going to go. And I'm really excited because she's only been in a, she's been in a handful of things that are pretty well known for the most part, like Midsummer being obviously the most well-known one out of all of them that I know her from, but she's in fighting with my family. She's in little women. She's in a movie on Netflix, another horror movie called uh, malevolent, I believe. I think it's called malevolent. Okay. Correct me if I'm wrong, but, uh, (laughs) but, um, God, just everything she's in so far is so good. But, uh, Back to back to my original tangent. Sorry, um, trying to stay on board with Midsummer, of course, obviously. But uh, her character like goes through such a journey throughout this movie. So I think to me the reason why it was disturbing yet a happy ending, in my opinion, is because I feel like she's she truly found, like, I guess in a sense what she was looking for the whole time during the whole movie. She was looking for you know support. She was looking uh-huh. for. You know, and I don't want to spoil anything for you because uh-huh. you haven't seen the movie, and I'm not going to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it as well. But um, she, her character, just takes such a journey throughout this whole movie, and by the end of it, she, uh, I feel like it's all come together for her, kind of. So for me, it's more of a, I guess, a disturbingly happy ending is the way I will I will word this. Mm. Disturbingly happy, yeah, that's the best way I can say it. Disturbingly <laughs> happy, but um. As far as, like, cinematography goes, Ari Aster does not disappoint with this one. Like, I think, I, in my opinion, I think that Hereditary, on an enjoyability level for me, is superior to Midsummer. They're both great movies, but when people ask me which one I feel is the better movie, I still feel like Hereditary is better just in terms of pacing. But as far as cinematography goes, Midsummer takes the cake takes for the that. Cake. Okay. Because... Oh my God! There's just so many. <laughs> you'll you'll have to see it when we watch it. Like you'll see what I'm talking about. But there are so many like shots where I was just like, so, and that's that's what I think why I went out of it with such like a haze afterward. It's just there's so many things that happen during the like. There's so many shots in the movie that are just so like dreamlike and so like. I don't know. You just feel like you're watching a disturbing fairy tale in a way, I guess, um, is the best way I can word it. But mm-hmm. no, this movie is phenomenal. I love everything about it. <laughs> um, and both yeah. made it on your list, right? They did. They gotcha, both gotcha. made it on my list. Okay. Yep. All right, um, that, that is also another movie I wouldn't recommend to people that don't like slow burn movies like this. Because mm-hmm. if you thought Hereditary was slow, this movie is... I mean, the, the opening scene of this movie is pretty intense, and then for the first 45 minutes, not until, like, an hour or so in is when shit really kind of starts to hit the fan. Because, like, the first, like, 45 minutes or so after the opening is just introducing, like, this new world. Like, the world of, like, the place that they go to in Sweden. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically just introducing that, and then after, like, the first hour or so, that's when shit really starts getting real, and then after that it kind of picks up the pace but and I think that's why I prefer Hereditary over Midsummer, just because I feel like the pacing is a little bit better but as I said before they're both 
superior movie. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that is my number, what, seven? I think so, yeah. Is Midsummer. So. All right, sweet. Well, I gotta watch it. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to. <laughs> I wanna watch it with watch. you. I really wanna watch it with you. Okay, all right. Just to, like, see how your reaction to it, so. I've heard a lot of things about it. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. So, the next film on my list, what am I on my eighth? Yeah, eighth. Also a slow burn, but I think very much deserves a spot on my top ten, is 2015's The Witch. That's a good one. Just because, and again, it could be my Christian, my Catholic sensibilities growing up, but like, it's, it's a terrifying film. And like, I actually saw this film when it first premiered in the Sundance Film Festival in 2014. Oh, wow. So a year oh, so you, wow, so you gotta go see it when it... When it like was that's cool first being shown, which is Sundance going on right now. I really gotta get tickets to see I that. Know. As any film, there's a lot of good ones coming out. But I watched that in the Sundance Film Festival. I actually didn't watch it in Park City. I watched it at another one of their venues in the Sundance Ski Resort in Provo. Okay. Was it Provo Canyon? It's Provo Canyon. It's yeah. It's like the it's, it's like you're headed up to Heber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I think I did. And is it like the wedding place where people do a lot of weddings? Maybe. It's like it's not Sundance Sundance, but it's like the resort. The resort, exactly. Oh yeah, I've been uh-huh. there. I took a. So, I yeah. actually did. It's some a lot wedding. closer to drive instead of going all the way up to Park City. Yeah, I actually but... did some wedding f- photos there. So. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's kind of fun. So I went there. It was an 8 p.m. showing, uh, because it was such a small resort. They didn't have the Q and A at the end. Usually when yeah. you go to Sundance. There's a Q&A with the filmmakers, which is super cool. Yeah. But in this case, they just did the showing, said thank you for watching the screening of The Witch. And when we drove back, it was me and a friend of mine, we drove back home, like, we're in the middle of the mountains. It's dark. Ooh, it was yeah. so creepy. And oh, after yeah. watching that film, it's like, it really, like, got under my skin. So I know some people who watch The Witch and they're like, that wasn't scary. Yeah. But maybe because of returning back home that reinforced like how scary the first movie was. <laughs> yeah. But still, even without that, in my opinion, I thought it was a really good film. It was a really creepy film. And just the same as the end of Hereditary, it was like that underlying, is there a witch? Is there this mm-hmm. evil entity? And then it is revealed that there is, yep. that the revelation comes. Spoiler alert. And it's, yeah. <laughs> so if you haven't seen it, but it is revealed that there is, and it's a horrific revelation. And it's just so... I love like it. demented, I guess. I love at it, the end. It's good though. I really like That's it. That's another ending that I kind of was like not really smiling through, but like kind of like, okay, I like this. And like, like just a indulging disturbing, in like a morbid, yeah, yeah, like a disturbing way. Like Gotcha. I just really I yeah. And um I'll be honest with you, the very first time I saw The Witch, I was not a fan. I did not mm. like it at all. I thought it was boring as fuck. Like, <laughs> but um that could also be just because I was kind of um, I wasn't fully invested in it when I put it on the first time. Like, I hate to say it. I, I got it off out of Redbox because I had heard so much hype around it. Yeah. And I kind of put it on and I, I remember being in the middle of something during it. Gotcha, so gotcha. I wasn't really fully like invested Invested in. By the end of it, I was like, this was a waste of money. Why did I just spend like $2 at Redbox getting this movie? But but here's here's the underlining, you know, the good the good part about it. I, I, I did rewatch it recently because I was like, you know, I should probably give this movie a second chance. And I did, and I'm glad I did because mm-hmm. I definitely, definitely appreciated like the second time around. It was mm-hmm. so much better. Like when I was fully invested in it, yeah. fully like 100% watching it, not like distracted with something else. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I, I understand all the hype that was surrounding it. Mm-hmm. I, I, 
And I also don't, I'm not also not a big fan of period movies. Like yeah. period era, I feel like it's kind of boring sometimes. I, I'm not, I'm not really into that. And so like, like I said, I, like you were saying at the beginning, you're a little picky with movies. I'm, I'm a little picky with, I guess, uh, certain genre, not genres per se, but I prefer certain genres over others of yeah. horror and uh, period piece genre horror. I don't know if that's even like a thing. Maybe we can make it a new thing. Yeah, I guess I guess <laughs> period piece horror, horror. horror. There you go. Like I am picky with the type of horror films. Yeah, like um, uh, um, shock value horror films. I'm not yeah. that big of a fan of particularly. So I'm not the biggest Rob Zombie fan. Oh, me either. Um, oh, we'll 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 get into that. <laughs> we will definitely discuss uh, his movies in a later episode because I have a lot to say about that but okay, <laughs> um, along with that though the witch i feel like out of all the movies we've said so far mm-hmm. is the longest burn that one oh, is for sure. such a slow-paced oh, sure. movie that um yeah i can see a lot of people having difficulty mm-hmm. trying to follow it if they're they're not ready for such a slow-paced film yeah it is a yeah. very slow-paced movie but if you are invested in it i'm saying hey it's well worth it it is like it once you is. get to like the end it's so creepy it makes the whole like, yeah if 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 the rest of the movie doesn't do it for you the ending i think will mm-hmm. i i enjoy the but ending. you gotta get it to the end you gotta <laughs> yeah, you make to get, it to the end before you have you to get to, get to like, the oh, that was a good movie yeah and i think that's what happened when i went into it i was already like had this mindset like oh, it's a period piece like movie i'm not into like that kind of thing so i was already and that's not fair i shouldn't go into any movie just automatically being like turned off by it just because of something i'm not really like specifically into yeah so i i should have given it like a fair watch the first time i watched it but coupled with the fact that i was distracted doing something else i had it on in the background i was kind of paying attention kind of not the fact that it's like a slow burn movie which i normally love slow burn movies like i'm one of those weird people that i just i love i love slow burn (laughs) like i mean as long as the payoff at the end is good is worth it yeah i love i love movies that really take the time to build the tension and not so much like every scene has to be something going on something happening like i'm like with hereditary i'm I'm gonna go back to hereditary just for a second i don't want to ramble too much about it but the family dynamic in hereditary is honestly my favorite part of the movie and it's not even it's not even the horror element it's like the underlining themes of like a family falling apart Mm -hmm. like slowly gradually like all of them are kind of losing their minds in a sense yeah that's that was i think my favorite part of hereditary when i watched it and I, i obviously i loved all the disturbingness and the the scares and all that stuff too but i don't know i pre- i really appreciated that ari aster took the time to you know develop the family mm-hmm. and really develop you know so yeah but uh yeah that's why i wanted to give the witch a second watch because i felt like i was kind of unfair to it the uh-huh. first time I felt like i kind of gave it an unfair uh chance Without fully to shine it, yeah kind of like... so when i watched it the second time i was like okay I kind of feel stupid now for ever thinking that this movie was bad, you know, and people very well probably think this movie's, some people probably think this movie's bad, but Mm -hmm. I personally on second watch, I I enjoyed it. So I I understand why that's on your list. Yeah. But not enough to get you to put on your top 10. No. (laughs) And that's only because of all the things that I've stated prior is because it's, it's, it was enjoyable the second time, but it's still not a genre that I'm a fan of like a, the period piece drop, like, genre type thing i'm not i just don't know i can't get into it 
I guess Titanic's the only exception to that rule because that takes place back in like the nineteenth, the early twentieth century. So like, yeah. yeah, but that's like one of the only movies that I can watch and not be because it doesn't feel like it's a period mm-hmm. piece, if that makes sense. Yeah. But anyway, um, I've been rambling on too much about this. Oh no, you're fine. <laughs> Sorry. You're fine. If there, is there anything else you want to talk about with the witch before we uh, move on? No, no, it's good. That's it. <laughs> like I said, we'll get into it more when we do, you know, in depth movie in-depth reviews, episodes, yes. viewings, all that. Yeah. So, um, I'm not going to get too much into this one because uh, I have a similar one that was on your list, and that's Insidious. That's my next one. Oh, okay. But yeah. we already spent the time are, yeah. talking about it, so I'm just going to skim right over Insidious. Uh, I think you and I are kind of the same in what we like and what we don't mm-hmm. like about it. So, as far as that goes, uh, until we do like an Insidious review of all the movies i won't get into that one so gotcha. we'll, to save time yeah for everyone listening right now i'm not going to get into the, the insidious one because that one was also on my list so mm-hmm. okay cool. i'll just go straight into the next one which is uh it on imdb it is labeled as a horror comedy action <laughs> so it's kind of like three different genres in is one is it Shaun of the dead no that wasn't no 2010, so yeah that was 2004 right something like that yeah uh no and this one is from 2017 this one's mayhem I don't know if you've heard of it. That sounds familiar. What's it about? Um, uh, let me just look up the IMDb description real quick. Okay. But uh, it stars uh, Stephen Stephen Yoon. Forgive me if I said his last name wrong. Oh, it's uh, a, a foreign film, international. No, no, no. It's a uh, well. It was filmed uh, overseas, I believe. Oh, okay. But it it's an American film, I believe. Okay. Correct me if I'm wrong. I might be wrong, but uh, uh, no. But Stephen Yoon is an American actor. He. Most listeners right now will probably know him from The Walking Dead. He plays Glenn. Ah, uh, yeah. okay. He okay. plays Glenn. Uh, and then it also has um, Samara Weaving in it. Okay. And she's another one of those up-and-coming actresses that I'm really excited about, along with Florence Pugh. She's just been a lot of, like, really good stuff. Like, actually, one of the movies that she's been in is in my honorable mentions. So we'll get to that later. But, uh, yeah, uh, it stars Samara Weaving and Steven Yoon. Those are the two mains. And then it's directed by Joe Lynch. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, basically the IMDb description from what I can see is it says, uh, let's see, Derek Cho is having a really bad day. After being unjustly fired from his job, he discovers that the law firm's building is under quarantine for a mysterious and dangerous virus. Chaos erupts through the office as the victims of the disease begin acting out their wildest impulses. Joining forces with a former client who has a grudge of her own, Derek savagely fights tooth and nail to get to the executives on the top floor and settle the score once and for all. Interesting. Yeah. So that's the that's the description for it. But it's a it's a horror comedy. I guess you could say there's some action in it, so I can understand why they have that. But I, I contemplated not putting this on my list, not because I don't not because I didn't enjoy it, because obviously it's on my list because of that, but I was like is it really a horror movie? Like, is it really... I guess you could say the same about Rubber, though. Exactly. Yeah. So it, it, it's in the genre. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a horror comedy. Like, there's some, like, horrible things that happen during it. But this movie, from beginning to end, is, like, so enjoyable for me. Mm-hmm. I really loved this movie. I hadn't heard much about it. And I don't think it got a super wide release. So mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there, like, that are listening right now that have never heard of this movie. But I really, really highly guarantee that everybody that's listening to this, you included, we'll have to watch this together too. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go that you go watch this movie because it's a it's a great film. So okay. I enjoy it. I won't get too I won't get into it much more than that. But 
we'll uh, we'll do a review on it someday. So. Okay, sweet. But uh, yeah. All right. So my next film also takes place in 2015. Okay. Uh, released in 2015, and this one's actually more of an obscure film too. I'm not, I'm not even sure if it got a wide release, but really, really suspenseful. Mm-hmm. Oh man, this film is gripping. It is violent. It is not like traditionally violent, like your your monster, mm-hmm. ho- like horror films or your serial killer. But oh man, uh, but the movie itself is called Green Room. <gasps> oh my gosh! Yes, I just actually. Um... Have you seen it? I have. So there's a yeah, but I just yeah. recently watched it. I think a month or so back. Okay. Um, and I had never heard of it until I. Uh, um, there's a YouTuber that I listen to uh-huh. uh, that does horror movie reviews, and uh, she did a list of. Um, her favorite films. of her favorite films, and uh, that was on there, and I had never heard of it, and but the concept gripped me. So yeah. it's like it's on Netflix, so I should it's on I just yeah, it's oh, on Netflix. Cool, I sweet. actually popped it on one night and watched it and I was like, I love this. It is. It's so good. So for listeners who don't know what it is, um, Green Room is a film about a punk band who's trying to make it. They're touring around the country, uh, US and uh, just trying to make ends meet, you know, just trying to trying to make it big. One of their tours, they go across a venue where it's just Filled with skinheads, filled with neo-Nazis. Uh, violent, violent people. Uh, violent, basically. like just just a rough part of town. And they decide to kind of instigate stuff, you know, like mm-hmm. really antagonize like the, yeah. the listeners there. Yep. Like uh, played a very infamous <laughs> Dead Kennedy song. <laughs> yeah, what, what, how does it go again? Because I was like, like uh, laughing during that scene. I was like, oh, that's awkward. Like, F you Nazis, F you Nazis. F-U oh, Nazis. okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's a very... It's like a fast, like just really punk rock song. However, something like I'm trying to remember the movie because it was it was back in 2015. I think they witnessed it. something, right? They witnessed an, uh, someone getting murdered. I believe is what happens. Yeah, and then they're and not the, allowed to leave. Exactly. So all the skinheads here have like the whole place on lockdown, and they're basically gonna you know eliminate them. So mm-hmm. it, it becomes a it's a horror film in the sense that it's a survival story of trying to get out of this Nazi compound and survive, and <laughs> Don't want to spoil it for people who want to see it. Gripping film. Oh, it gets so visceral it does. sometimes. It does, But yeah. it's so good. And there's it's... some parts that are, like, super violent and, like, super gory. Like, there's one, like, the scene where he has his hand. Yeah, so, that's oh the one that God. I think about. And yeah, then you, yeah, I was like, it, it's like, Yeah, you're not, yeah. you're not getting it back. It's Ugh. done. That's gone. That's but a really good one. Green Room was one that I watched, not really knowing anything. I didn't even see a trailer. I just heard about it, watched the film. And just my stomach turned because mm. of how it's just crazy it gets. Yeah, it like does there's, get there's a crazy. lot of like twists and turns. There's a lot of oh, they're they're finally free. Oh no, they're not. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're not gonna make it. Oh, someone's gonna come to save them. So it's it's a good film. Mm-hmm. It's it's a ride of a film. But that it it was a I guess it's the same feeling I felt watching The Purge. Yeah, how like like that thrill. Things. Yeah, that thrill. Yeah. So it was enough for me to put it on the list itself. That's good. It's like Green Room. That's a really good You're choice. You're a good horror film, so, uh, yeah. Nice. That's a good choice. I like that one. That one, I've, I've only seen it. I actually watched it. So I watched it once a month back, and then I actually watched it again a couple of weeks ago. So I enjoy it. It's yeah. a good one. It's a good one. Uh, it didn't make it on my list, unfortunately, but mm-hmm. still a great movie. Mm-hmm. I, I really like it. Um, so my next one on my list is a movie from 2011. It's actually a prequel to John Carpenter's The Thing, so it's just called The Thing. 
So same title. Same title. Okay. It's, but it's a it's a prequel. So um, if I'm sure most of you that are listening are familiar with John Carpenter's The Thing, it's basically a prequel to set up what happened at the camp that they encounter at the mm-hmm. beginning of the original one. Yeah. Um, so it's basically just to show everybody what happened before what takes place in John Carpenter's film, which yeah. I think is fun. I think it's interesting. I really like it. I like that they tied up kind of these loose ends in a sense because when you watch the John Carpenter's one, you know, and people may disagree with me on this because maybe people like the Im- ambiguity of it, like not knowing like what ha- what happened to the people at that camp just seeing the aftermath of it. Mm-hmm. So maybe for some people they like that that they 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 like the fact that it was never explained until now. And so I feel like that might be like a lot of people's gripes with it. And I also know that a lot of people had gripes with the movie because of the CGI because John Carpenter basically did all practical for his movie. So like there is no CGI obviously back in the 80s you couldn't do that sort of thing without, you know, it looking really bad but uh, yeah exactly (laughs) yeah so um but without those without those like i don't know like i i can't see anything else why people don't like this movie like but people i mean this movie is very divisive Hmm. um there's a lot of people that really hate this movie and i mean i've even heard people in reviews go as far as saying that it disrespects the original original and i'm like i mean if that's your opinion that's that's all fine and good, but I mean, I, I don't agree with that whatsoever because I feel like you can't compare the original to a movie that came out like almost 30 years after the fact, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, you can't compare the two. I mean, you can because they're in the same universe, obviously. They're basically the same movie with the same title, but I don't know. I really, I just really enjoyed this movie. I really enjoy, and I might also be biased for why I enjoy this movie, but I am a huge fan of Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Mm. and I don't know if you know who that is but she uh for everyone listening I'm sure um big horror buffs know her from Final Destination 3 she's in Black Christmas um she's also in like a lot of non-horror movies too uh she's done a lot of independent stuff lately that I've watched there's a actually a film that she did recently on Netflix called I think it's all about Nina okay which I've I really enjoyed because it was just a different side of her that I've never seen. So she plays a really raunchy comedian. Like she makes a lot of pussy jokes. Like she talks Mm. about like, Oh, like men only want one thing and it's blah, you know, she's very vulgar in it. Um, but it's a, it's a side of her that I've never seen before, but I don't want to get too much into her, but I just wanted to talk about that. That's one of the reasons why I love this movie so much is, uh, cause she stars in it. She's like the main person. And I, I think it's cool because she's the only woman out of like, the only woman actually no that's not true there's two women in this movie but she's the only like main character that's a woman and the rest of them are men so like Mm -hmm. she's she's the one that kind of uh during like when all the chaos kind of starts happening she's the one that kind of takes charge and i've always kind of liked that i've always kind of liked the final girl type of like the woman taking charge and being strong and not Mm -hmm. being like the victim and like the damsel in distress all the time you know so that's very not her character in this movie she's very badass like i really love it she's very ripley she's very like her character reminds me of a sigourney weaver and alien it's just very like that um but yeah that's why that's on my list i really enjoy this movie i really like the fact that they took the time to carefully like set up certain things that explain what happens in the first one Mm -hmm. almost like 
uh, what's the word? Not shot for shot. That's not what I'm trying to say. Like accurately. Yeah. Like they made sure it was accurate. Like, I don't know if you've seen, have you seen the original? I've the seen thing? the original, but not the new. So, you know, like the axe on the wall, like uh-huh. the bloody axe on the wall, they like tried to replicate that perfectly. Like really? where the, where the axe would have gone in, like how high it would have been from floor to ceiling. Like they tried to, they really went into this, like trying to make it as detailed as possible so that it would be cohesive with John Carpenter. So that's, mm. that's something I really appreciate about, appreciate about this movie. There's a lot of good, uh, horror elements. There's a lot of good action. I recommend it if you haven't if uh, people who are listening to this movie haven't seen the thing yet or like were turned off by other people's opinions of it if like you didn't just want to watch this movie just because someone said it was bad um, I would recommend watching it because I shot. yeah I would give it a shot because you may like it you may not like it but you never know until you watch it so mm-hmm. but yeah that's number nine on my list so I really right. enjoy this movie so Dom. All right, so it's the 10th one. It's my final one on my best horror films of the decade, previous decade list. You want to take a a wild guess? Okay. Um, I'll say it's more recent, so I'll give you a hint. Okay, so it's more recent. Not from this year, though? Or, I mean, not from last year? Not from last year. Okay. Shit. I have no idea because I feel like our lists have been so different like All we've had a couple diverse, that, very diverse list the only two i feel like that we've had on our list is insidious and hereditary and then mm-hmm. the rest of them have been so like well up. this film was a very popular film when it came out okay yeah so um, a lot of people liked it it did fairly well in the the award circuit like it got a lot of nominations shoot oh my gosh i'm gonna feel so stupid if i don't know this no um, it's okay there's a, there's a lot of films that cover that just tell me because I, I don't know right now I, i'm drawing a blank so, so in 2018 a quiet place. Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh, I feel stupid now. I do no, feel stupid. <laughs> I should have guessed that. Like, um, yeah, a quiet place. That film was, it, and like, not only just it was it a good horror film, but as a filmmaker, it really illustrated to me how powerful the effect of just not having any audio. Oh really, yeah. Like silence itself, and that was. It was very cool how they use that mm-hmm. as as a narrative device, as a storytelling device. It was phenomenal movie it showed me that john krasinski the the dad in the film can be a good can be a really good dramatic actor i had no well, did idea he, did he also direct it if i'm not mistaken i, I believe could, he directed it look it up just he directed sure. it and he co-wrote, he co-wrote it, it i believe emily yeah. blunt who's his wife yeah, yeah yeah okay let me just fact check that real quick yeah i don't want pe- uh, i don't want the listeners out there to be like that's not correct these guys don't know what they're talking yeah about. okay yeah so john krasinski did direct this so so it's like there's, it was complete. It seemed like completely like a passion project, but it was oh, such yeah. a good movie, you know. Like you hear, con- you hear constantly about actors who want to get into the realm of directing, mm-hmm. who want to write, who want to like establish themselves as like a filmmaker. Oh yeah, and then it doesn't. Go it doesn't so always well, transfer. You know? it's, it's not well. But he really surprised. I don't think just critics, but just just people, just just everyone. Uh-huh. It was a, a hit of a film. Oh yeah, really good. oh I yeah, really liked it. Um, there's a. The second one's coming out pretty soon too, which I'm. Oh, I'm excited. I'm hyped about it, but I'm also I don't I don't know because you don't think it could live up to the first. I'm not saying that exactly. It's mm-hmm. just when a mo- when a first movie does, and this is how I was feeling with it chapter two as well. I personally enjoyed really enjoyed it chapter two, but a lot of people did not like it, mm-hmm. and because they compared it too much to the first one, and I find myself doing that a lot too, especially when it. You know, when the first movie comes out, if it's, like, so successful and so good, and then the second movie comes out, I tend to be a little more leery about it, just because yeah. I'm like, 
Is it gonna is it gonna you know top the success of the first one? Is it going to be as enjoyable as the first one? Um, but no, there are a few movies in that realm that have done that. Like I prefer The Conjuring two over The Conjuring to be honest with you. Oh really? Yeah, okay. I actually I actually enjoyed The Conjuring two a lot more. Um, not to say that it's not like they're both great films, obviously, but. <laughs> Yeah, so that that's kind of one of the examples of a movie that, in my opinion, surpassed the original. So um, I used to think that about Scream too, as well, because I love the original Scream, but there are moments of time when it kind of like drags. Yeah. So I I there were there was a moment in time when I was growing up that I did prefer the second one over the first one, and that might be the case still now because, and I'm gonna probably I might get a lot of hate for just making that comment, <laughs> but opinions are opinions, so take it as you will. Um, I don't know, as, as an enjoyability level, I find myself popping in the second movie more than the first one, but that's not to say that I do not absolutely love the first one. Like, I Mm -hmm. adore the first movie, I really do, because obviously it was the stepping stone for the rest of them, and it really, you know, we'll get, I'll get into more detail with it when we do our 90s episode, but, um, it really, like, brought horror back, it really revitalized the genre, genre, so, anyway... (laughs) <laughs> I'm going off topic. Again, oh no, you're fine. So I apologize for that. Um, Perfectly fine. But yeah, that's that. What wraps up my uh, top ten list with a quiet place. Anything else you want to talk about with it? I feel like I. I feel like I've been, kind of, talking a little too much. So oh no, you're fine. You're I want you to be able fine. to get out everything you want to get out. So you, uh, if there's anything else you want to talk about, like as far as, anything mm. in the film that really gripped you, specific scene. I remember specifically. I didn't really eat. And I'm pretty sure this is true for a lot of people who watch the movie. I didn't really eat anything because it's just so quiet. And you get yeah. so self-conscious, like, oh, I don't want to hear people like, like no, you don't want yeah. any of that. But as soon as we got to the part where the father, John Krasinski's character, is talking with his son and there's like a waterfall. Oh, yeah, you're like, you're like all right, now, okay. <laughs> you're okay, like shoving okay, your okay. face with popcorn. As much as I can until we get back to those quiet parts. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like... Yeah, just reiterating. I love what they did with sound. I love what they did, I guess, the absence of sound. Yeah. I imagine tell a, a gripping story. I liked how they really explained the world of the story. Yeah. And it was yeah. convincing. Oh, yeah. And there's things that you wouldn't have thought of that they address in the film. Like, oh, cool. Like, oh, yeah, wait a second. What if people have a kid? And the baby starts yeah. screaming. It's like, well, so- we're going to get a baby. We're going to put him in such like a coffin. Yeah. Put him in an oxygen tank. Lock it up and just let them scream their guts out. Yeah, monsters won't hear it. So, it was a good movie. Uh, altogether, production value wise, story wise, performances wise, great film. Oh yeah, I agree one hundred percent. I do. Um, to say that though, it didn't make it on my top ten list, unfortunately. Uh... <laughs> I know. Okay. No, I know. That's fine. <laughs> um, and that's the thing about when I was making my list. Um, I, I hate admitting this, but uh, there were times when I would subconsciously, like when I was making my list, there were times when I would subconsciously go to a state of mind where I would put down a movie solely for the purpose that it was a popular movie. And it wasn't because I didn't like it. It was, And it wasn't because I wanted everybody to have the same opinion as me. It was more so it was just like, how are the listeners going to receive this? How are the, you know, how are the listeners going to perceive my opinions on horror? And it was like, you can't think like that. Like, mm-hmm. I had to, like, stop and be like, no. Like, these are great movies. Like, you enjoy these movies that you you like them, but should they be on your list? Yeah. 
it's like um, the merits of the film themselves not exactly like what would appeal like oh exactly. these are the the popular ones this is what i'm gonna say and honestly i think it's better when you have movies that aren't popular because it yeah, gives people yeah. a reason to like oh what is that movie and then they could go check it out exactly and then yeah. say like wow that movie was garbage <laughs> rubber no that movie's great no, but i know I a lot of people are, i may not feel that way at all there's That's gonna good. be an uproar they're gonna oh, be like yeah. take this podcast down now they're like someone likes what? rubber <laughs> but then there's gonna be movies that they're like oh i never heard of this let me watch it and they'll watch green room yeah and say wow that movie blew me away that was oh, yeah. crazy that was a trip of a film For so sure. you know you're not gonna get those opportunities if everyone in the room says we love scream and it's like that's great and you talk about it for a bit, but, mm-hmm. you know, you're not sharing a new experience. Exactly. So. Exactly. So when I when I finally did my final draft of the script, or the script, when I did my final, I'm thinking, you know, uh, filmmaking terms now. Mm-hmm. When I did my final draft of my list, I, I just honestly just put movies on there that, like, either really, like, got under my skin, which doesn't happen very often. Mm-hmm. Or movies that I just, I can watch over and over and over and never get bored, you know? And so that was basically, by the end of it, that's what kind of um, made my list for me. So, And then after I thought of that, it just came easy. I was mm-hmm. just like, okay. I mean, I had a couple that even today, before we even started the podcast, I was like, oh, I'm going to take that one off and put this one on instead. But I'm I'm happy with my list. I think it's a solid list. I'm, I'm personally happy with the choices that I made. So yeah, I don't feel yeah. regretful. So, yeah, And it's all just like... Just what films do you like? What exactly. films do you enjoy? Write them Not down. to say it wasn't challenging. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I almost threw in the towel several times. I was like, you know what? I'm glad we didn't have to do like <laughs> New episode idea, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm glad we didn't have to like put like a list of like top one and then two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, oh, nine, ten. Like, we did a hierarchy that one. And that was my original idea. That was uh, my original plan was to have a definitive ranking. But then when it came down to it, I'm like, I just love all of these movies. I don't want to have to rank them. Like, And it'd be changing all the time. Like Maybe even like the hour before recording mm-hmm. just like oh no no i gotta change that. exactly oh, change this yeah, should so. go before this and this mm-hmm. should go before that yeah um if if you look at my little notebook that i have here that i have all of my fucking uh lit prior list written it's like it's got lines leading to oh no switch this one switch it just looks like a confusing fucking mess so <laughs> <laughs> thank god i came with at least somewhat of a God, a cohesive list. Yeah. Something that I can read. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> I look back at the other ones and I'm like, damn, that is a mess. <laughs> but um, yeah. All right. So. so what is your final film? Ooh, my final film is more of like a thriller. Like it's not it's not scary at all. I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's pure horror, but this is a movie that <sighs> I don't even know I don't even know how to begin. Um this movie made me feel a lot of things and maybe not so much for other people. Maybe people, you know, everyone has different experiences when they go see a movie in a theater. But I actually, this was the first movie that I went to a movie by myself and just was com- like sitting by myself. Cause I normally don't like going to movies be- by myself. Cause then I feel like such a loser, mm. you know, not to say that people that do go by themselves are losers. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that I feel like people are like, personally, who is that guy sitting by himself? He must not have no friends. You know, mm. he must not have any friends. Gotcha. So I've, I've always been like, I don't like, I've never liked going to the movies by myself, but, um, I actually did go to this one by myself and I'm really glad I did because I was just completely, you know, I wasn't distracted by who I was sitting next to or anything like that. It was just like, I was able to completely zone in on this movie. And that movie is searching. 
I don't know if you've heard of it. Searching. That came out. It takes, came out in 2018. It takes place like all on a computer screen. It does. Right? Yeah. yeah. So it, okay. it, it kind of has the unfriended, like the unfriended vibes to it. Yeah. Because um, unfriended was, I guess technically you could say the first movie that kind of did the whole like just on a computer screen type uh-huh. of thing. But um, searching does it in like a really really cool way. Like it does show like the computer screen, but um, what searching did that unfriended didn't is that it's not just like it does like it almost it's almost filmed like a movie would be filmed so it has shots so like say for example if someone's scrolling down to like something with the mouse so it would cut from like a wide shot of the computer screen to like a close-up shot of whatever they're clicking but it looks like a cohesive shot like it was edited together very well if that makes any sense yeah yeah and so um yeah so that's searching um it it stars john cho Mm-hmm. Um, as the father, and then Deborah Messing as the other. Um, I'm just going off of like a who is the top build cast in this movie. So uh-huh. John Cho and Deborah Messing are like the two main mm-hmm. people, and then you've got like his daughter, who's like a side character. Um, you've got other people that come in and out of the movie, but those are the two main people. Um, and basically, essentially, for people who haven't heard of this movie, it's basically about a father whose daughter goes missing. And he basically has to do some digging to find out like what happened to her, mm-hmm. and um, it's like a mystery. It yeah, mm-hmm. essentially yeah. And uh, there's just so many twists and turns that this movie took that I was not expecting. I don't know. And normally, like like I said, I've I've seen a lot of movies to the point where I can predict when certain things are going to happen. But with this one, like just when I thought that I knew where the the film was going, it would be like nope gonna trick you gonna you know pull a 180 on you and Mm. that was really what i enjoyed about it a lot was um the fact that like i was going through a journey with the with john cho's character like watching him go through the agony of trying to find his daughter and Mm -hmm. uh, on an emotional level like i don't have a daughter of my own i don't have any kids right now (laughs) but um like putting myself in his shoes like watching the movie like you could there were scenes that were really hard for me like like there's a scene towards the end of the movie where, um, you know, I'm not going to spoil it, but, uh, it was emotional. It was, it was hard for me to hold back tears. Like, I don't like crying in front of people. So I was like sitting there like, don't cry, don't cry. <laughs> but I'm a cry baby by nature. <laughs> I get that from my mother. Mm. So I'm sitting there like, mm, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. Especially in a movie theater full of people. Um, was it packed the theater? Um, I'm trying to remember. I I think it. I don't think it was packed to the max, but I I think there were enough people in there to like fill it out. If that makes sense. Mm. Like there was there was a good audience. Gotcha. Um, but I just really I really love this movie. Like there's not much more I can say about it other than Searching. that. Like I love it. I oh, loved okay. I loved the journey that it took. I was like enthralled by it from beginning to end. Like by the ending, I was like, oh my gosh! Like I'm so like on the edge of my seat. Like what's happening next and um that's what I really loved about it. And, uh, he took, it's basically kind of a love letter to M night Shyamalan because the director of this movie, Anish Chaganti, I think is his name. Forgive me if I said that incorrectly, but he's like a huge fan of M night Shyamalan. And, um, a lot of like, he took a lot of inspiration from M night for this movie. And it like, it shows it's 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 so good (laughs) i really enjoyed it so um yeah that's uh number 10 on my list is searching so if any of you haven't seen that yeah Yeah, because i haven't seen it and i just i don't know i guess when it comes to like those 
played off of computer screen films, I never really found interest in watching them. Mm-hmm. But if you highly recommend it, I'll check it out. Well, yeah, and that's the thing that's cool about it is that it's it's you don't feel like you're just watching a computer screen the whole time because of the way they do it. They do it as as if, almost as if they're filming an actual movie, but it's a different style. It's a different format. It's not you know. But uh, yeah, they 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 do it very well. Like mm-hmm. I didn't feel like towards the end of the movie, I didn't feel like I was watching just a computer screen. I felt like I was like immersed in this world. Like I felt like I was like there, if that makes sense. Yeah. So they do a really good job. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that would be my number ten. We also have honorable mentions that we like to list. This is kind of just a grab bag of just additional films that didn't quite make our top ten, but we like to share. Yes. Not going to take as long as we do with the top ten. Just kind of saying film what we liked and then moving on from there it's gonna be very very wham bam yes ma'am we're done (laughs) (laughs) and also like uh they're not there's not any set number of how many we have an honorable mention so mine's like really short but you know that's fine (laughs) i have five in mine i have three that's okay that's it all right so starting with mine yeah i'll go first so the first one i have is a black swan that's so good black swan's a really good movie (sighs) Uh, you could argue maybe it's not horror, but it is within the the suspense, like the suspense thriller, like, almost psychological like dark thriller, drama. Kind of like. Yeah, too. exactly. Um, I like Black Swan. Good movie, very suspenseful, phenomenal uh, performance by Natalie Portman. Oh my god, yeah. In my opinion, it's it has nothing to do with the genre movie. It is. It's just not my favorite Darren Aronofsky film. The just director. Not your cup of tea. Yeah. Like, when it comes to other ones, yeah. Yeah, like I feel like he's done other stronger films, so. Uh, that's why it's kind of like just an honorable mention. Yeah. It's a good movie. Not quite for top 10 though. It's all right. Mm-hmm. Good. That's a good one. Um, my first one is actually going to be Unfriended. Unfriended? Yeah. Okay. Have, so like, Searching just, made it, but Unfriended yeah, didn't. Okay. Yeah. And the only reason why Unfriended didn't make it, um, cause originally Unfriended was on my top 10 list and, uh, it got bumped down because I felt like Searching is the superior film to that. Like it um, did better use of the format. Yes. Okay. Um, Unfriended is more of a straightforward horror though okay so that's why i kind of struggle that's also why i had that struggle of uh do i put unfriended on my honorable mentions before searching or do i because searching's not so much a horror movie it's more of a thriller like um but unfriended is more of a straightforward but um for those of you who aren't familiar with unfriended unfriended basically follows like a group of friends who are on a skype session with each other and it's the anniversary of one of their uh schoolmates suicide due to um a bullying incident that happened um and basically they're all like chatting online with each other it's it's actually a really cool concept and that's why this movie made my list in the first place is because of um the unique take that they did for this film like where it was just all set on a computer screen like you have the found footage genre where it's you know basically mostly handheld like first person type of stuff but this one was like definitely different in the aspect of like i wouldn't even call it found footagey because it's not but um it, uh, yeah, it definitely, like, made a new kind of take on the horror horror film. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, yeah, so, um, and then, uh, what was I going to say? There was something else I wanted to say real quick. Sorry, we'll cut that part out. But, no, you're fine. Um, give me, oh, and also, kind of a fun fact about this movie, and this is kind of what I just, like, read online somewhere, is that uh, they all filmed in the same house. Mm-hmm. but they all filmed in different rooms of the house and Smart. like just went through like their lines. Smart. So to make it seem like it was all continuously going on throughout the, you know, it, I mean, it does, it, this movie does have its flaws. There's some, you know, editing flaws that you're like, okay, like 
how did she how did she teleport from here to there in like you know the same shot but i mean that's really just little nitpicks yeah Uh, i think the acting for the most part is really good too especially from um yeah all everyone involved i i like where the story goes i kind of like how you know i don't want to spoil too much but um they go from being like the best of friends like chatting online to basically essentially almost turning on each other at by the end of it like Uh basically turning on each other and you know and i I thought it was fun to watch that dynamic go down but yeah that's uh unfriended honorable mentions so all right so next one of my honorable mentions is don't breathe which uh that's a good that was a thriller that's such a good one that was a it's a good movie. Um, I don't know why. It, I, I just felt I had other films that I enjoyed more than Don't mm-hmm. Breathe. Yeah. That kind of pushed it out of the top 10 spot. Yeah. But had there not been others, I think that would have taken it. That would have definitely been up there because it has the same kind of like like the purge feel. Uh-huh. And like just yeah. a suspenseful like, like get out kind of has like the same yeah. kind of feel. And or like it almost kind of reminded me of a quiet place in a sense too, because it's mm-hmm. like very, there's some scenes where it's very quiet where yeah. they're going around the house and they have to kind of be like very yeah. silent. Exactly. So, yeah. so don't breathe. Great film. Great. Like just some um, thriller movie. Yeah. It's exciting. It's a good ride. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, if you guys haven't seen it, check it out. Yes. Very good. Um, my second honorable mention is going to be Dr. Sleep. And okay. the only reason it didn't make my list um, is because I've only seen it once, and it came out very, very close to the end of 2019. Mm-hmm. So I, I haven't had a chance to rewatch it again and really like gather my thoughts of how I feel about it. I'm just going off of how I felt when I watched it in the theater, and when I watched it in the theater, I loved it so much. Like especially towards the third act, like because um, if anyone who's familiar with The Shining like knows that Doctor Sleep is obviously a sequel to The Shining. So um, during the third act, like I, it's no surprise because it's in the trailer, so it's not really a spoiler. He goes back to the hotel essentially, and oh my god, that whole scene! I was just like, like I was I was sitting next to my friend James, and the whole time I'm just like, James, James, look, look, like, and he's just like, uh huh, uh huh. He wasn't excited as I was, obviously, but I was like living for all of the. They did so well with the third act. Um, like with recreating like the hotel like mm-hmm. it literally is like exactly like the hotel in the original mm-hmm. so to see that again and like to see kind of like the way they went about doing it was really cool and that's why it's on my list is because it was just a really fun movie to watch i enjoyed it from beginning to end and yeah so Sweet. dr sleep awesome dr sleep uh still gotta watch that yes but the shining's great and i have seen that so don't worry about that, guys. <laughs> For my last honorable mentions, because I only got three, not a lot on my list, is, believe it or not, a holiday horror film. Ooh. But not Halloween holiday. Okay. It is a Christmas horror film. Okay, I love Christmas horror, so. And a little movie called Krampus. I was going to, oh, I was going to, I wanted and, to guess it, because I thought that was what it was going to be. And, like, I saw trailers for this when it first came out in theaters. And I'm like, this movie looks like garbage. I want to watch this. This yeah. looks awful. And then one time a family was over. I think this was last Christmas, actually. Not 19, 2019 Christmas, but, like, 2018 Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, my family was over, and we were just flipping through HBO, and that movie was on, and we just watched it. And it's not supposed to be, like, a scary movie. It's supposed <laughs> yeah. to be funny. Yeah. Like, it's a, it's a horror it's like a comedy, comedy film. And going in knowing that, it was actually very entertaining. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not really scary. 
It's pretty hilarious. Yeah. There's killer gingerbread man. Like, if you're in it for, like, the really badly made films, mm-hmm. this is a very well done badly made film. Oh, yeah. It is. Oh, yeah. It's, Cause there's it's those, fun. It's just fun. Yeah, because there's those, like, films that you know are bad, but they're so damn entertaining to watch. Yeah. And so it's, like, there's a fine line between it being just bad, like a movie that I'm, like, I cannot get through this movie. This movie is so bad. Mm-hmm. There's that kind of movie, and then there's movies like this where it's, like, <laughs> there's certain scenes that are really cheesy and just really like not really great as mm-hmm. far as like you know quality but it's entertaining as hell to watch yeah watch it and that's like i love movies like that too i'm very i'm very into movies like that like jennifer's body is yeah another, it okay would be a okay. good example of one of those movies that's not really highly received as a great movie to most people but i think it's a fun movie and i really love it so yeah okay gotcha yeah and yeah that's exactly how i feel Krampus. Yeah. It was just a, a fun, different holiday movie to watch. So I it's a it. good one. Yeah. So, um, I have I have three more honorable mentions. No, it's fine. I did five. Sorry. Speed round. Poop, poop, poop. Yeah. Um, so my first one, I actually had to bring up the IMDb description again because okay. I feel like this is one. This is another example of one of those lesser known horror movies. But I feel like if you're pretty in depth with the horror community, like most horror people know this movie but uh this movie came out in 2014 and it's called starry eyes okay and um it is actually like one of my favorite movies that i've ever seen um it didn't make it on my top 10 list but um it was still good enough to make it on my honorable mention so there's that but uh basically the imdb description is a hopeful young starlet uncovers the ominous orange origins of the hollywood elite and enters into a deadly agreement in exchange for fame and fortune. So essentially, she sells her soul, basically. Oh, shoot, okay. To the, yeah. Um, and it's directed by Kevin Kolsch. Uh, okay. Correct me if I... And Dennis Will uh, Widmire, and they both also wrote it. So. Okay, And cool. then it also stars Alex Esso as Sarah. She's the main. Um, and then it has, a, like, a bunch of other side people that, like, are in it quite often, but... I, I'm just going to say her because she's, like, the main person. But, okay. um, yeah, and she's actually, fun fact about her, she's actually plays uh, Shelley Duvall's part in um, Doctor Sleep. Like, she plays Shelley Duvall in that movie. So. Really? Yeah, that's where that's where else I recognized her from. So when I watched uh, Doctor Sleep for the first time, I was like, why does she look so familiar? And then I realized, oh, okay, yeah, she's from Starry Eyes. But, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, oh. that's... Uh, um, I'm really exci- I'm actually really excited to get into that one when we do like an in-depth because mm-hmm. um, the 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 third act is pretty f- fucking gory pretty disturbing really? like, there are some really disturbing like death scenes in that yeah there there's one I won't spoil too much but for people who know this movie know that there's like a scene that involves like one of those little barbell type weight things yeah. that you like one of those little tiny ones that you lift up with your hands and yeah. kind of like yeah, there's a scene with that, and I won't go any further than that, but people who are listening to this that know the, the movie, movie pretty well know exactly what I'm talking about. But that's one of those more uh, gory deaths. But yeah, uh, Starry Eyes is my number three. Okay. And then um, the last two on my list are actually horror comedies as well. So The Babysitter. Um, okay, so it came out in 2017. I was going to say that, but I, I didn't right. want to be wrong. So yeah. I wanted to make sure. Um yeah, this is a movie that I think was one of those like straight to Netflix movies. I don't think it ever okay. got like a theatrical release, 
but this is one of those movies that was uh, kind of a hidden gem for me. Like, okay. I love finding hidden gem movies that I'm just like, I feel like not a very many people know about this movie, but it's such a good movie. Mm. Um, so essentially, it's basically about um, a little kid that's being babysat by um, this older girl. And he has essentially finds out that she's basically the devil kind of thing. Not really the devil, but um, she's like, she sacrifices people. And she has like this book that has like all this, all these spells in it. Like you basically get whatever you want when you sacrifice people. Uh-huh. So he basically finds out that she's like very, very evil. And that like all the people that she invites over to his house, like they all come to his house and they basically sacrifice someone like right in front of him. Okay. So it's basically like the rest of the movie is just him trying to like outsmart all of So it's kind of almost like Home Alone-ish in a way. Yeah. And I believe even one of the characters in the movie makes a reference to it because he's chasing the kid up the stairs and he's like, this ain't Home Alone. Like, but so it's very, it's very, uh, it's very Home Alone-ish, but um, it's really enjoyable. It's very funny. It was actually directed by Mick G, who did Charlie's Angels. The original? Uh-huh. The 2009? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I very much enjoy that movie, too. That's kind of like a guilty pleasure movie for me. I've always loved that movie growing up. Um, But it definitely has McGee flair sprinkled throughout the whole thing. It's it's very, like, once you know that he's the director, like, you know, okay, yeah, I can tell. Stylistically, in, like, that sense, it's very McGee. So, but yeah, that is my number four. And then my number five is also another horror comedy, which is called The Final Girls. Okay. Yeah, and I really love the concept for that one as well. So it's basically a group of friends. Um, they go to a showing because uh, the main girl in it, her mom was like an '80s like slasher movie star. Okay. And so she's like in a movie called Camp. Uh, oh my gosh, how am I drawing a blank on this? <laughs> um, hold on. I think it's Camp Blood, but I don't I don't want to say that if it's not right. So let me just make Camp sure. Camp Blood. Um, whatever. I'm not even going to say the name. Um, so basically, her mom was like an 80s like movies, uh, movie star like in slasher movies. Mm-hmm. And then her mom like dies. I don't want to spoil that. Mysteriously. Oops, spoiler alert. Her mom dies at the beginning of the movie. And then uh, I think it's like one or two years after um, they end up going to like a screening of like her mom's movie Mm -hmm. and then like the theater lights on fire and they end up like escaping but they end up in the movie like they end up being in the movie like well all the characters that are in it yeah so it's like a really fun like horror it's very Friday the 13th like they even have like the like in some parts (laughs) like it's uh it's very it follows a lot of like the 80s horror movie tropes Mm. like um, at the beginning of it, you like see like a little trailer of like the movie itself, and it's so eighties. Like, gotcha. it's so eighties in the way that it's edited, the way that it's like shot, everything. But um, that's another reason why I really love this movie is because it's an eighties horror, basically, essentially a love letter to eighties slasher movies. Mm. And it's it's just a fun. It has a really fun cast. Um, yeah, it's a really good movie. So that is my fifth and final honorable mention for this list. So. And with that, we wrap up the best horror films of the last decade. Yes, in our opinion, of course. Yeah, that's true. That is true. (laughs) Our favorite horror movies, yeah. Might not be everybody else's cup of tea, but... But hopefully there was at least some in there that you guys listening uh, have seen, enjoyed, like. Oh, for sure, for sure. Mm. I definitely think that there's going to be a lot on our list that people like. And Mm. probably a lot that people don't like, but, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. 
that's the fun of horror. It's, uh, you know, different opinions. So, yeah. But, um, yeah. Um, I think before we wrap up, I do want to, um, give some shout outs to some people like, um, kind of like as a special thanks type of thing. I kind of want to, uh, shout out Swayze first of all, because she's the one that's doing our cover art for this. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's true. Um, and the cover art from what, like we came up with in like the early design process, I'm really fucking stoked about. I'm yeah. really stoked to see what it's going to look like when we, It's going to be cool. But you yeah. listeners already know what it looks like because you, exactly. you clicked on the yep. podcast. So, yep. That's, so that's I wanted to give a shout out to her because okay. she, I feel like she's been working really hard on getting that. And then, um, yeah. And another shout out that I wanted to do was to, uh, to my friend slash coworker. His name is Caleb Schweiss. And he also has a podcast, um, out on, most platforms, I would think. Yeah. Um, it's called Ultima, podcast, Ultima Final Fantasy, the Ultimate Final Fantasy Podcast. And they basically essentially talk about the Final Fantasy games. Um, they go through that a lot. I know so, they yeah. to be gearing up for the, the remaster, the remake mm-hmm. Final Fantasy VII, so that'll be cool. Yeah. So definitely check out their podcast. They've got a few other podcasts that I haven't mentioned, but um, yeah, you can probably find those other podcasts on their, yeah. on their yeah. page, so... Yeah, definitely give them a listen. They're really good. Um, he definitely helped Roman and I out through a lot of this process, like get, making yeah. sure that our audio was good, making sure that um, everything was ready to go. And so for that, I just wanted to say thank you. Also, I wanted to thank you, Roman, because for agreeing to, yeah, for agreeing <laughs> to be in this podcast with me because when I pitched the idea to you, I was kind of scared because i i knew that you weren't like as into horror as me like i knew that you watched horror movies Mm -hmm. obviously but like i didn't know that this was gonna be like your thing so i was i was i was expecting you to be like "Uh, hard pass i'm gonna say no but no Mm -hmm. you were like all in from the very beginning so i think the biggest draw is like i've i've been wanting to do a podcast for a while yeah but like never really known anyone who's been interested to do one so this was kind of just like an opportunity to just pull the trigger and just say like yeah let's do it oh for sure and horror films are still films in general and i just love movies yes Yes. like if it was something along the lines like oh i'm gonna do a podcast that's gonna be like about constellations and stuff like that i would be like that's cool not your guy (laughs) yeah i don't i don't know anything about that the thing is like horror was it was of all the things that it could have been about it was a good choice so i was i felt good with going along with it yeah well i'm glad that you did and i'm i'm really happy that um you're here with me in this process to do this. So I, I thank you for that. Heck so yeah. yeah, no problem. Yeah. And then every, just everybody else that has given us like love and support out there. Um, I really appreciate it. Um, it's really, really nice to know that we've got people out there that are like wanting to listen to this podcast. It yeah. just, ma- it makes me feel really good because I was uh, really nerve wracking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was very nerve wracking. It's, it's a very, it's something I've never tackled before. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is very ambitious and I'm, I'm really excited to see where we can take it. Yeah. Um, if any of you guys are interested in following our Instagram page, it's called we love horror podcast. You can find us on Instagram. Um, Roman has a Twitter account. Do you want to tell him your Twitter? Yeah, so account? my Twitter account is just Roman Chicas. C-H-I-C-A-S. Uh, yeah, that's my Twitter handle. Just follow me there. I, I'll post some stuff about this podcast and link to our eventual Twitter page for that. But if you just want to follow me, talk about movies, talk about video games, talk about the memes, you name it, probably there. All that fun stuff. 
Yes. Probably not constellations. That's fine. That's okay. Stars are cool. I like stars. Definitely not constellations. But yeah. yeah. um, And then you can also find us. We have an email address. We also have. Oh God! I just said that twice. (laughs) You can also uh, find our email address. It's we love horror pod at gmail dot com. So if you have any questions or suggestions for something you guys want us to do for a later episode, please send those in. Those are greatly appreciated because this is one of the things that I really wanted to do is when I was thinking, when we were in the process of thinking about what we want to do for the podcast, really engaging the listeners as well and hearing feedback from them of like what they want to hear or a certain episode that they want us to cover. Um, So that is suggestions are always welcome yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, you can email us at that email or you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. So, yeah. And I think with that, I think this was a pretty successful first episode. Yeah, so, there we go. Unless you have anything, if unless you have any closing thoughts or anything, I think um, I'm pretty much set. I think go. just going along with the email, you just email us, guys. We want to open up a conversation with you. Again, questions, suggestions, or even just criticisms like, hey, I really didn't like this. It's like, all right, just let us know. Uh, we we're striving to make this podcast better with each episode. This yes. is obviously the first episode, so I'm pretty sure there's <laughs> going to be a handful of things that aren't working out. But you know, just let us know. We'd love to hear it. There's so much editing that we're going to have to do after this podcast because there was a lot of uh, <laughs> dead air and mess ups. But you know, that comes with you know learning it how comes to comes with the territory, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, but um, thank you all for listening, and um, that's yeah. the end of the first episode. Yeah, it's so. us. So we're signing off. Yeah, we'll see you guys next time. Yeah, bye. See you next time. See ya.